Blog Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. love a coughing jag right at the beginning of the show. Yo, 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 everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man and choker in sports radio. And the timing of that was just perfect. But welcome into the show. It's that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues on into our 10th season and, of course, our 21st episode. Thanks for giving us a listen each and every week. And, guys, it's been an exciting week for Sunday Clark. I've been very, very busy. They don't call me the hardest working man in sports radio for anything or for nothing. Because I've been working very hard this week, and it's going to continue on next week. Why? Because as we wait for the high and tight master himself, Cuervo, high and tight getting his hair cut, we talk about champions indoor football. And, guys, if you can't tell how excited I am from from my tone this morning, you're crazy. What a great night in champions indoor football last night. Now, now, guys, if you don't know, Sonny Clark, Director of Operations of Champions Indoor Football, and guys, we had three good ones last night. We had one that it didn't matter. We had one was for a team to uh, try and game home field advantage through the uh, playoffs. We had a win-or-go-home situation game last night. And, guys, it doesn't get much better than that in the final week of the regular season of Champions Indoor Football. Guys, it was outstanding. And if you didn't get the opportunity to watch what was going on, you missed it. And not only that, an interesting game. Let's start with the game that didn't have really anything to do with it, although it was important to get the win, and I'll tell you the reason why. The Flying Aces went to the highway, went down to Amarillo, Texas, to take on the Amarillo Venom. Now, in hindsight, this game meant nothing as far as playoffs because the playoffs were decided the order of where the game was going to be played. That was all figured out. However, in that the important portion of this game, and I'll talk to you about that, is because the Venom needed to get the victory 
in case they went on the road in the first round of the playoffs and beat the Duke City Gladiators, because if they did, they would host the championship game in Amarillo over the North, and that being the Salina Liberty. So that was an all-important game, although it didn't have anything to do as far as who would make the playoffs. This had more to do with the championship game that takes place um, the week after July 4th. So that victory the Venom got against the Flying Aces, 76-40, to 40, was important. It was important for them to go out there and get that victory and move on. Then, so we had that one set. That game, if it wasn't exciting enough... We went over to a game where we quite possibly could have a vision of the championship game. And we saw the Duke City Gladiators and the Salina Liberty, two of the best defenses in champions indoor football, go head-to-head. And, guys, they did not disappoint whatsoever. The Duke City Gladiators got to win 43-26. to 26. The Gladiators only gave up 26 points. That defense is strong. So is the Salina Liberty. So that having been said, also the second half of that game was amazing. And if you missed that one, you were, I, I had all three streaming at once. That's right. I had them all going on thanks to Pluto TV. And I'll talk about Pluto TV in a moment. Then so so the Salina Liberty and the Gladiators, the Gladiators got the victory, forty three to twenty six. The Salina Liberty on the road in Duke City over in Albuquerque. It's tough to win on the road in this league. And indoor football in general. But that having been said uh, the Venom, uh, the uh, the Salina Liberty, or the Duke City Gladiators, held off the Salina Liberty last night, forty-three to twenty-six. And and, and I'll tell you, I I don't, I don't know who's going to win the defensive player of the of the week, but I think Griggs on the defensive side of the ball for the Duke City Gladiators, the guy was was a monster. Couldn't stop him. Could not stop him. He was all over the football field. Heck, they should just put him on offense, too. He was playing that well. The Duke City Gladiators get the big victory there, 43-26. to Then the win and go home, win or go home game. And by halftime, you were wondering if the home team, home team Omaha Beef could hold off on the Sioux City Bandits. The Bandits almost pulled this one out. But the end of this game in the fourth quarter is what that game was all about. And the Duke City, uh, or the uh, Omaha Beef held their home field and won by 10. Believe me, though, that seems like a lot, but it was a lot closer. But also remember, you don't need a lot of, you know, a lot of minutes on the scoreboard to still be in a game in indoor football, 60 to 50. Great game right there. Uh, turnovers at a bad time. Um, some exciting. Last three minutes of this game was outstanding. And if you want to go ahead and check it out, 
head on over to um, CIF TV. That's on Champions Indoor Football's website and check out the last three minutes of this game. That's how close it was. And, you know, the leg stretching in the final minute in less than 30 seconds, good stuff. And that's what uh, indoor football is all about. They hold on and do a great job and keep the interest. So, having been said, you know, as the director of operations and uh, for Champions Indoor Football, I love fans. I, I get it, and I love fans, but sometimes I really hate them. Sometimes I really hate them. And maybe it's because they just don't know. And sometimes you just put on the blame to somebody of something that they just don't know. Or if they think they know. You know, you know I, 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 it's to me, it, it just drives me insane to listen to a so-called expert in a field telling us how we have to run the champions indoor football's business, but yet they have nothing to complain about, but they find something to complain about. Example, Pluto TV is our network. This is where our games are on. Sometimes, believe it or not, Mr. Experts, the quality doesn't work on Pluto. It just doesn't. Pluto is a higher demand of quality, bandwidth, and everything else, and it just don't work. So, I said champions indoor football realized that that could be a problem. So we developed many ways for you to catch this. You could use the apps on Pluto TV. Sometimes that doesn't work very well. But if you go to the Pluto Internet browser, sometimes that works better and it, it works better. Or, or you can go to the website and watch these games live on CIF TV, and some people say there's no problem with CIF TV. So my question, and maybe I'm just too simple, but if you had success of watching this game without interruption on CIF TV, why are you not watching it over there instead of getting on the board bitching about how Pluto TV sucks? Well, then don't watch it. I mean, I have, I mean, and and I don't. First of all, I cannot believe I'm actually worried about. The, the, the feelings of a fan, you know, one or two or ten. We got thousands of fans, but yet we, we got about 50 or 60 of them that are, are making the most noise. And, and I, I just don't get it. Guys, you have the opportunity to watch these games. We give you several. Let me repeat that. Several platforms to watch these games. Several, not one, not two, not three, but four different ways to watch these games. But yet you complain about one of them. So I will just put it out there. As the director of operations, knowing I'm going to get screamed at for saying it, stop your bitching, stop your moaning, stop your groaning. If it works better on CIF TV, go over there and watch it. And stop bitching about Pluto TV because, believe me, you are in the minority, I promise. And the fact that only a few people are complaining about it, that says it all. We got 
literally thousands of fans all over, but the 20 that are bitching about it either A, don't have a good system, or B, they don't have the right type of internet you know, that is pretty much required for almost all video anymore. And they have, they have 35 meg down, and they want to know how come they can't watch the damn games on Pluto TV that requires a higher quality type of thing for the games to be shown on it. Or the stadiums are so old, which they are, they are incapable of always being able to provide the feed that's needed to be on Pluto TV. So stop your bitching and go over and watch it on CIF TV on the website. My God, I've never heard anything like it. And this is the first time in the three years that I've actually came out and said something that the fans just need to stop it and watch the game and be happy that they can see it. Now, that having been said, that's the name of this show. So I'll put it out to, you know, to, to people to check it out and stop complaining about it if you can see the games, period. It is not that hard. And I know sometimes I, 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 I can have you do things that are really outside of your thing. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask the question, and he doesn't even know anything about indoor football. Oh, you didn't but know? But it's a different way. Your ass better call. It's the fight call to this program, Cuervo. Let me ask you a question. The biggest Bear fan that you are, if you could not watch the game on NBC, and you had a way of watching it on the Internet or on CBS or whatever the case may be, wouldn't you just – Flip the frickin' channel. Oh, I, hold on. It might be best if I turn your mic on. Go ahead there, Cuervo. <laughs> hey, Sonny, how you doing? Good afternoon to oh. you since it's noon over there. Um, yeah, good afternoon, yes. Good morning oh to boy. you, sir, though. Somebody, somebody is on their soapbox this morning. I, I don't want to be I, the I'm person. Angry. That, that, yeah, I don't want to be the reason. Uh, so I'm glad listen, I'm listening to people that. bitch about something they they can prevent by themselves, and all they have to do. Cuervo, <laughs> if you were wanting to watch the Bears game on CBS, and for some reason CBS was having a problem, but yet it was over on NBC or it was over on a different network, wouldn't it just wouldn't logic just tell you to turn the freaking channel? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, is there? Thank you very option? much. Other option. <laughs> Not what, and and if it didn't work on the other one, and you had another option to go to, would you just flip it over to that channel and watch it there too? Sonny, where are you? You know what? I don't even want to know. Look, well, we have I can we have, I can we have we have three different we have three different platforms for people to watch Champions Indoor Football. Three different plat platforms, and it, it's okay. easy. So if it okay. doesn't work on one, you try it on the other. If it doesn't work on that one, you try it on the other. Instead, it just bitch about the one that don't work. I, it's really t completely and utterly amazing to me. But I guess I'm just too simplistic in this world of oh my god, I got nothing better to do but bitch about nothing, and that's what we got going on over with our fans. I'm sorry, and I know I shouldn't be this way as the as the director of operations of Champions Indoor Football, but sometimes I just want to strangle the fans for just being so stupid. It makes no sense to me. But 
what do I know? I just I, I just know how to turn the channel, or I know how to get on a different thing to watch a game. Uh, but that, that's just me. That's the simple thing about Sonny Clark. But that having been said, uh, welcome to the show. How, how are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? I, I'm great, Sonny. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I would add to that is uh, – you know, if none of the streams work, then I would understand the, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the frustration about it. But I mean, if it's only one out of three, that's not working, then yeah, I mean, it's pretty simply you just change the channel. Other than that, I'm, I'm great. Um, so I don't know if you've, uh, been on social media lately, but, uh, I take on, I take on many roles in my life, Sonny. I've uh, obviously with the career I have, um, yes. You know, co-host of this and show. And the new now, thing that you did this week, I know yeah. this thing because I, I do jump on social media. So <laughs> I guess I got to add, I mean, the news that, that you are, what, you're kind of like making a life decision and, and, and doing something to uh, let people know what you're doing because you posted it on your Facebook page um, the, other, uh, the other day. Yeah, so, um, you know, life – Life is going to go on uh, whether I, I stay in uniform or not. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm always thinking about the future, and I have to think about life after my military career. So I have officially enrolled in college, and I am now a college student on top of, you know, what I do. Everything else. Uh, yeah, be, you know, besides my, my regular daily duties and being the fine co-host of this show, which is also very yes. important to me. I am also tackling on uh, the duties of being a college student. So I am going to be working on my business degree, and hopefully one day uh, I will own my very own sports bar in which Sonny Clark will be welcome at any time. And we can do uh, the show live from the bar. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we will definitely do it live from the bar. So that that is what I've got going on. Yeah, and, and that and it is obvious. Oh, by the, what, what's the? Is it just the, the 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 junior colleges that you're going to? What's the school that you're that you'll be attending? Is it online? Because I know I know a big fad now. I don't know if it's I, I don't I probably shouldn't call it a fad, but it's just people are doing college courses online. Are you doing it online? Or are you actually physically going to a school itself? Yeah, so it's not an actual like college campus or anything like that, but. Uh... It's actually um, a class that is – so professors will come on the base, and they will use our facilities on the base to uh, teach the classes. So it is in an actual classroom environment. Um, it's not like an online-type course. So that's why I say I'm a college yep. student. Like, I'm in an actual classroom. Got it. And so – uh, all switching up, and he's just going to be smarter than the average bear. Um, and I don't mean Chicago Bears, just in general. So congratulations on the the life move, the life change, and the you know the life decision. Because believe me, it, that's a tough decision. I mean, because what you're 27, right, Cuervo? Oh, I wish, Sonny. I appreciate the the very very nice compliment. No, I'm actually going to be 37 in August. Wow. There you go. So there you go. So so congrats <laughs> yeah. congratulations 
on the, on the live decision. And obviously, good luck. And let me know when the bar opens. We'll obviously bring the show down there. You know, not that it's the major event of the opening, but we can be a part of it. So, and and I'll I'll even make time for it. So we'll do that. So. Uh, good stuff going on there, as long as it's not on championship weekend of indoor football. So there you go. Um, <laughs> we'll work it out, Sonny. <laughs> yep. We will yeah, work so on there, each other's there, schedules to make it happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it done. And we got a couple of years before that actually hits probably. So there we go. Yes, but, yes. Hey, lots of things going on. We're, we're we normally since you snuck in a little earlier, we're just going to stay here and hang uh, for a little bit. But I, I wanted uh-huh. to get into – Last week, our last week's show, by the way. Um, uh, by the way, great show, except when we went, you know, dark there for a second because of wonder, wonderful. I, I made sure my phone was completely charged at 100%, so it doesn't even need to be charging while the game's on, so our show's on. So we won't have that problem unless the electricity kicks off, um, but we still have the backup <laughs> of the phone. But that having Absolutely. been said, last week we talked a little bit about, you, you know, a guy – that ended up being the number one pick in the NBA draft. And, of course, I'm talking about Zion Williamson, the big guy himself coming out of there. But there's also more news and college news, and we're going to get that. But I want to stick right here really quick because, I, you know, yes, Sonny did hear a little bit about what our pro- – not necessarily problem with Zion Williams are. It's more in the fact that, that folks, just so you know, it's not the fact that I dislike, and I and Cuervo's going to speak for himself. It's not the fact that I dislike Zion Williamson. Okay, I, I don't want anybody to think that I just dislike this guy. What I was saying, and I don't know if Cuervo is saying the same thing, but we'll we'll I'll try to explain my side. Is is I don't see what the excitement is about a guy that can dunk a basketball. His vertical leap, amazing. Uh, his power to slam a ball down, amazing. But there are other aspects of basketball and the sport that you have to have, especially in today's NBA. Now, if you went back 15 years ago and put Zion Williams in, in there, he'd be outstanding and no one would question it because of the game that has changed. So if you go back in the, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, you know, in the days where a game was very, very physical and everything else, then I think he fits. But the fact of the matter is today's game, Cuervo, we were talking about it. I want to know if the guy can hit a 15-foot jump shot. I want to know if the guy can actually make a move and drive to the basket without being right up underneath it. And so far, just the simple fact of it, and I actually went out to try to find it, Cuervo, and I'm sorry, you can feed a guy up underneath the basket all day long, he can jam it home all day long, but whether or not he can actually make the move to the basket, make the shot um, outside of a slam is the question that I have about Zion Williamson. I don't know about you, but is that what you were getting on, or is there something else about Zion Williamson that you are seeing that says, no, he's just he's just not the guy for NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think our I think our uh, critiques. All right, let's let's just be clear. It's not hate. It's not jealousy. It's definitely not jealousy. Uh, you know, it's just it's just simple constructive criticism that we have about uh, his game. And look, it guys like that. It it, it is easy to uh, uh, counter what he does well. Yeah, and, and I pointed it out last week. Look. 
the guy's not a great free throw shooter. So guess what's going to happen? He he he's got great post up skills. I'm not gonna, I I will not question that one bit. But what happens when he gets hacked? All right, the hack a shack rule. Right. We've talked about yep. that many times. And who do they who do they tend to do that towards? Guys who can't shoot free throws. Guess what? Zion Williamson, less than I think. What did we say? Sixty something percent free throw shooters. Yeah, sixty four. Uh, is by remember. Sixty four percent. Yeah, sixty four percent free throw shooter. Um. You know, that's that's not very good. So put them on the line. Put are, them on the line when the game is on the line. That's that should be the motto of anybody going after Zion Williamson. For sure, and you know, and 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 knowing that stat, uh, you know, he may not get the opportunity to uh, have the ball in his hands in, in last second situations like that. They make, you know, they're going to give it to somebody that can actually shoot free throws, but. I, I'm, I'm looking more towards, you know, uh, second and third quarter time uh, when when games are, are somewhat close and you're trying to gain some momentum and whatnot. And those are the situations that I'm talking about. And, and, and if Zion is a guy that can that gets put on the foul line, but he can hit most of his free throws and, and that's going to be the difference between winning and losing a game – then you know what? Then then maybe you know m- maybe I- I'm wrong about him, but as of right now, what he's shown in college is he's got great post-up skills. He could dunk the ball with power. Um, you know, obviously he can rebound. He can play some defense. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, like like we mentioned before, the game has changed. Uh, posting up is not really the, the the way things are done anymore. I mean, you you look at. You look around the NBA, Sonny, you look at all the power forwards in the league, the most successful ones are the ones that can shoot, okay? And I'm not a Draymond Green fan, but the guy can shoot. Right, Tim, Duncan, Tim Duncan was able to shoot very well, okay? Uh, at 7'4". Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's a very rare combination uh, to see is a, is a guy with that size that can shoot the basketball as well as him. And another one, one of your favorites, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, he—you say what you want about him, but the guy can shoot. And Absolutely. Those are the guys that that succeeded at the power forward position. Zion, he's got a lot of work to do. I'm not saying he's not going to be able to change it, uh, but hopefully, right now he's he's in the gym working on his shot because he's going to need it. The NBA is different from college, you know. You're not gonna you're not gonna face undersized uh, uh, power forwards all season long like you did in college, yep. where you faced maybe one or two guys that could match your size. No, everybody in the league is your size. Now you're just an average size player. You're not overpowering anymore. You're not you're not dominating the rim like you were when you were at Duke. You're just another average size power forward. And how is he going to be able to adjust to that? And absolutely and change his game because, I mean, you know, like I said, when he goes up against a Draymond Green, when he's going up uh, against some of these other guys, like that's that's what he's that's what he's going to be facing. So, um, how does he handle that? How does he handle not being able to be the overpowering guy that he was in college? That is 
the, the big question. By the way, I was wrong. Tim Duncan is 6'11". David Robinson was 7'1". So I'm thinking of the Admiral, of course. And uh, so uh, I, I just checked on that really quick because once I said I realized, wait a second, if I'm not mistaken, Duncan was a little bit shorter than Robinson, and I was correct. Um, but that having been said, that, you know, Williamson is that six, you know, six eleven guy. Uh, that that mm-hmm. listen, you look at you look at Williamson and Tim Duncan. You're not seeing the same guy. You're seeing Zion Williamson with, you know, yeah, the bigger statue dude. Um, you know, Tim Tim Duncan. Um, at some point, had the uh, had the uh, nickname Mister Soft at sometimes. Uh, but but here's the thing. The results are what they were, championship after championship. Uh, so, you know, that's how you shut up your critics is by winning a championship. Now, there's a lot of things that are being said about Zion Williamson, um, and those things, uh, you know, sometimes rightfully so, sometimes not. But I want to get into a point where I, I'm going to play a clip, and it's a minute and 36 seconds long, Cuervo, because I, okay. I just find the hypocrisy of what I'm going to play so, you know, and, and I, you're not going to guess what I'm going to, where I'm going to go with it, Cuervo. I, I don't, I don't think you will. Um, but I'm going to play a clip of our favorite guy, and I don't care. It, ESPN, if you want to sue me for playing it, hey, you know, you know where to find it. Okay, but I'm going to play it anyway because I don't want to try to read what he said. I'm just going to let you hear it from Stephen uh, A. I think style. I know where you're. I think I do know where you're going with this. But go here, ahead. Sir. Here, here, do the honor. Here we go. Do you see the Pelicans trainers? Um, Helping Zion shred some of that baby weight so he can be a like, more trimmer and slimmer. So I got news. I got news for you. You're the only one that talked about his baby weight. Most people look at Zion, they see a muscular, 280 pound dude with a 45 inch vertical leap, and they're looking at you and they're saying you should be drug tested. When you tell, when you when you consider the fact that he's compared to the round mound of rebound that is Charles Barkley, you consider that girth that mass of flab that was on Charles Barkley, and you see how he looked when he played and how he flat-out balled out. Nobody's questioning Zion Williamson's baby fat and whether or not. That ain't the question they ask about him. I mean, who the hell are you? Are, are you a Mr. Olympia or something? I mean, how the hell are you going to ask that question? Ain't a bunch of baby fat in that dudes. I see muscles protruding from him. He's 280, and it ain't a bunch of flab on Zion Williamson. Why would you call up here with that with that? Notice. Why would that be on your mind? Are you Mr. Olympia or something? You got muscles out your ears or something? Who the hell are you to talk about <laughs> Zion Williamson's lack of muscle? What are you looking at? No, not lack of muscle. Just that, uh, to be more of a LeBron shape in size 270-280. Really? Oh, so, so in other words, the crime is that he's not LeBron. Physique. No, no crime. Let me ask you a question. Who has a physique like LeBron in the NBA? No one. Thank you. Have a nice day. Now, <laughs> that being said, of course, that's the name of this show. Um, and, and the fact that Stephen A. and I, sometimes we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And he recently had a lot to say about a boxer that looked like Butterbean. Okay, you know, I, I find it very interesting that, that that this guy can go ahead 
and use the atraditional or atypical, you know, defenses on certain guys. But when it comes to a different guy, it's totally different and or it's butterbean. Listen, Stephen A., you've been on lately. You have. Stephen, you've been on. I, I, I gave you your props last week. I did. You have been on. But when it comes to the fact of, you know, what one person may see and which quite eloquently the young man stated about the baby fat more so than calling the guy Butterbean. Okay, so that's the, that's the thing I'm putting out here. I, I, now, Stephen A., I think, was correct, obviously, but, you know, obviously we're not talking about a guy who's overweight or has the uh, – that that has the cushion in in the middle of uh, you know whether it be boxing or basketball. So I just had to throw that out there a little bit quicker. Yeah, you, you know, just recognize the talent for what it is, like you did for Zion Williamson. Okay, and more so for Andrew Ruiz, who knocked his ass out. Period. He knocked. He they they knocked. His butt down, Cuervo, and, and so, but but you're, you, you know, the butter bean that that has rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know if you can tell, and it's not the fact because obviously Sonny Clark is not the smallest dude in the world, um, and I could care less what anybody thinks of me. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that this guy has got to be better than everybody else, or but people listen to him. So just Stephen A. Just kind of keep it on the point like you did there and explain it the right way instead of taking the left turn that is Butterbean. That, that's all I got to say. I know I'm probably blowing something completely out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Sonny. I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, the way he compared, um, you know, his Ruiz. thoughts, I guess, about about Ruiz's physique to Zion. I mean – I mean, obviously Zion is is you know a lot a lot slimmer than than a Ruiz. Doesn't make him you know any more of an athlete because you put Zion in a boxing ring, how long is he going to last? You know what I mean? So there's different there's different types of conditioning when it comes to you know sport you know to athletes and and stuff like that. You know, things that boxers can do, basketball players cannot. Things that basketball players do, boxers cannot do. So there's yep. different type of conditioning for the sports that, that these guys play. Uh, so with that being said, I mean, you know, you know, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overstepping the boundary here. Is Andy Ruiz your, uh, you know, your prime example of what a heavyweight champion should look like? No, he's not, okay? But guess what? He's a heavyweight champion. Whether no matter what he looks like, he's a heavyweight champion. He beat Absolutely. he beat Joshua fair and square. You know, like you said, he knocked the dude out. Look, in boxing, all it takes is one good punch. Joshua was overconfident. He he overlooked his opponent, and now he's at home with no belt. So, um, you know, even Tyson Fury, who's a well-known boxer, has gone out and and you know called called Ruiz a bum. Ruiz with the with the utmost class, you know, it's like, look, I'm not going to talk bad about uh, another boxer. Uh, you know, uh, he's 
he's he's done a lot for the sport. And, you know, he just he took Absolutely. the high road, Sonny. And, and and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, he's caught he's caught a lot of flack. Uh, but I think I think what it is is just like I said, though Anthony Joshua looks like uh, a million your bucks. typical. Yeah, and, and so. And so in people's mind, oh, well, that's what the heavyweight champion's supposed to look like, you know, chiseled, uh, you know, tall, slender, strong dude, you know, well-known, which, by the way, he's not even American, but we're not going to even talk about that. Uh, so, um, you know, that's what, that's what you think of when you think of a boxer, heavyweight champion, you know, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, all those guys barely an ounce of fat on those guys in their prime, okay? Then you get a guy like Ruiz who it doesn't look that way. But, you know, people people don't want to uh, uh, pay, the, pay respects to him because he is not the, the model boxing champion that people, you know, want to see. You know, you're not going to put him on the cover of a – you know, put him on the cover of ESPN, you know, the, the, the body magazine or whatever, where the guys are always like showing up naked uh, on the front cover. Like you're not going to get that. And I think that's what, that's why people are rubbed the wrong way by the fact that he's a heavyweight champion is because it's the Absolutely. image that he, that he brings image. that people don't like. Well, too freaking bad. You know, he, he knocked out your, your Cuervo. The assumption, Cuervo, is really simple because I can go back to uh, a big fight back in 1980. Uh, hold on. I got to do the math. 1982. I could go back to a big fight in 1982 where one Sonny Clark thought he was going to wipe this kid out just because of the way he looked. And it, it, there was no question in my mind that this was going to be a, a, a two-hit fight, me hitting him and hit him hitting the ground. Well, I got news for you. It came a different way. And I was the one that got the two hits and, and hit the ground. I got the one hit, and then I hit the ground. Because of the overestimated and the cockiness of I'll just whip your ass attitude didn't work. And it didn't work time back out, in 1982 out, for Sonny Clark, and it didn't work. Just this couple weeks ago, when uh, yeah, Jones got his ass knocked out. Time out, Sonny. Time out. I have done this show with you for what nine years now? Nine years, I think. We're going on nine years. Yes. You not once have ever mentioned that you used to box. Why am I now <laughs> finding out about this, Sonny? Why it, it, after nine me. years? <laughs> <laughs> Believe I, me, this was no. I'll tell you, <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I, I, no, I mean, I mean, a street brawl, boxing, whatever. Yeah, it it was a it was a cocky sob Sonny Clark who thought he he it was, he thought it was going to be easy, and not only so it was a street not fight. only that, Mister. Uh, uh, which I never spoke to him again, of course, because he embarrassed the hell out of me in front of everybody I knew. Uh, Matt, 
you if you're out there, if you ever decide that you run across, run across this, you, you know, just so that you know, you got your props because I was scared of the guy for not only that, I was scared of what he could do, which in turn. Cuervo brings me to my next point about the whole thing is you got to be careful what Ruiz can bring to you. Now, let's be honest, Cuervo, and, and, and we will because we do that on this show. I've never heard of this guy before he took one step into this ring. By the way, wouldn't have even heard of him even if Jones beat him handily like he probably should have, you know, based upon talent. Not because of what they look like, just based upon talent. Because, listen, I heard of who Jones was. I've never heard of Ruiz. So it tells me a little bit about the whole situation as an overlook, okay? That's the reason why it was overlooked. That's the reason why he was overlooked. That's the reason why Jones didn't prepare in the proper way to be in the ring with somebody that he obviously overlooked and did not know. So it's a combination of a lot of a lot of things, but the underlining of it is cockiness. This guy walked in there expecting to beat this guy, not having to. It's like going into it's like going into a uh, test Cuervo without studying, and that's what happened here. Okay, now I mean I'm sure there's tape out there for Ruiz before this match is. I'm just gonna put it out there. There probably is. Okay, and there's probably things that they could have known. This guy thought he was going to win, and he didn't spend one minute worried about this. And that is the difference, and that's the reason why it's overlooked. That's the way to, And it had nothing to do with Ruiz and the way that he looked. Should have Jones won that fight, Cuervo? That, that's probably the instance, you know, because if he was anybody, I think probably people would have heard of him. I didn't hear of him. I mean, have you heard of Andrew Ruiz before he knocked Jones out in that fight? Have you even heard the name before, Cuervo? No. No, and I think that's the other thing that people are in an uproar about because, you know, the the no-name guy won, and and people don't like when no-name people beat the popular uh, names and and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, why aren't we calling him Rocky, Cuervo? Why are we calling him Rocky Jr.? Why why are we or not calling him that? Well, why are we not? I mean, come on. I mean, everybody loves Rocky. I mean, I, I, any boxing fan loves Rocky. I, I've yet to find a boxing fan that didn't like the movie Rocky. Why is that, Cuervo? It's, it's very simple. I think most people do root for the underdog. I think most people, especially in the boxing, is they get tired of the running of the mouth of the quote-unquote superstar, and they sit secretly going, man, I wish someone would knock his ass out. And that's what happened, and this guy should be the second coming of Rocky right there, and he's not. Why? Well, because of the way he looks. It is that simple. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've never known Anthony Joshua to be a, 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 you know, a guy that, that runs his mouth. At least not that I've heard. You know, I mean, maybe he has, and I just haven't heard it. But he's not one of those cocky, you know, uh, uh, big mouth uh, type, you know, boxers. No, let alone a, a champion in his in his weight class. I'll tell you a guy that I don't like because of his mouth. I don't. You may have heard of him before, uh, Adrian Broner. Uh, they call him the Can Man. Yes. Yeah, I, I can't stand that dude. Because he runs his mouth <laughs> way too much. But here's the thing. I don't mind. I don't mind it when guys run their mouth. But if you can't back it up, then just yep. hit a hole. You know what I mean? 
like like a lot of people are so annoyed. You know, yes, I'm going to bring up Floyd, whether he's even though he's not boxing anymore. But I tell you, right. Look, fifty and zero. You're going to argue against that? I don't care. I don't care who. Look. Anybody beat him? I wish someone was capable of doing it. In fact, I hope he gets into the into the octagon with the guy he boxed. Uh, what was his name? The uh, the one that's always been trouble. McGregor. Um, McGregor. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just just so I could see him actually get his ass kicked. I would love to see well, Mayweather uh, <laughs> get into the octagon. But listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo. Yeah, Mayweather may may not be able to get back up. No, because and, the rules are different. That's, rules that are is, different, and, and that's just like serious, the rules were different for this thing. Yeah, the rules are. I mean, could you could you imagine? I I, I mean, I hope for Mary is, is for McGregor to do it, but no one in their real right mind thought that McGregor could beat May, Mayweather. I don't think anybody really in their right mind thought that. They hoped for it because why? Because they wanted to see this guy shut him up. But if he walked into the octagon, I would fear for Floyd's uh, well-being because there's so many other things that, that McGregor could do that he could not do in that boxing ring, and that would, that would, that would just mess up old Floyd Merriweather big time. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, it's bad enough that it was, it was a lopsided boxing match, but can you imagine them two going at it with mixed martial arts? Uh, I, I mean, Floyd. Oh yeah. my God, there's, there's. Floyd might not get up. I, I get, I give, I give Mayweather thirty seconds. Like I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. I give thirty seconds in the octagon. Not only that, McGregor's got a little crazy in him, so that you can add that up on top of it. I mean, well, I mean, know. he's barely hanging on to his own MMA career, so. He's got yeah, exactly. to get himself in order before he starts thinking about fighting other people, which it's sounding like he's going to get it. He's going to get a third rematch, or or second rematch, third overall match against Nate Diaz, uh, which is a guy that yeah. that dominated him the that first time. That just came out fought. last week, where oh boy, you're on top of yep. it. Good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I I'm not a hardcore uh, uh, UFC guy, and you know being being the profession I'm in, you would think I was, but I don't know. It's just, it's changed over the years and I've lost a little sure. bit of interest in it. Um, you know, I miss, I miss the, uh, the more brawler type days with, with the Gracie's and Ken Shamrock yeah. and all those guys when they were fighting. Yeah. And the, and, the, the, you know, for the those who gloves don't not know, over the hand kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, for those who don't know back then, those guys fought until they got beat. And what? And, and yep. I'm not even joking. They would fight yep. three, four, five times a night until nice. they got beat. <laughs> it's not just, hey, you get your one, you know, you get your one huge moment, uh, you know, for you know, six, you know, every six months or whatever. No, these guys fought three, four, five times a night. Yeah. So that's when, that's when UFC was like the real deal. Oh, no. yeah. The pure bu- brutality of what it was, Squarebo, before they put in the safety issues. I mean, oh, and like by the way, said, they they'd literally beat either. the crap out of each other. I mean, with, and, and, with no yeah. gloves on. 
It was skin on skin, baby. I remember I remember distinctly watching this when it first came out, Cuervo, when it was on its yeah. first pay-per-view. And, and it was Ultimate Fighting, if I'm not mistaken. And I was watching this That's thing, right. and these guys literally bare-knuckle to bare-knuckle beating the hell out of each That's other. Right. Not only that, they added kicks into it and everything else. It wasn't like kicks. Boxing, it, kickboxing was it, to me. I thought was stupid looking. This actually kind of looked like it took a lot of skill in order to do it. Not only that, they pounded the living hell out of them before they. And, and you, a lot of times, the referees didn't get involved until they actually tapped it out themselves. So it, it, it has well, changed over the years. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. These these guys, you know, they would fight until somebody was unconscious. Not like. Yep. Oh, you know, you got a certain combo on them, and like, okay, fight's over. You know what I mean? Like, you're fighting until somebody somebody can't respond anymore. Like, that's how brutal it used to be. Yeah. And the referee, the referee was just in there to hold someone's hands up at the end of the damn thing. That's it. So yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And so it was. It was. Uh, it was definitely a different time, and you know, and as it started get, getting in there, the, and got more eyes on it, they started, you know, uh, worrying about the product and its future, and also obviously liability later on. So that you know, a liability will make you do a lot of things that you normally don't do, um, and so uh, that 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 that's why the, the whole thing has changed here. So, but. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, if you look at the UFC right now, but Cuervo, I, to me, maybe it's me. I think it's dying out a little bit. I, I think maybe. I don't know. But I'm not hearing a lot about the UFC. I'm not hearing a lot about Bellator. The only reason why I'm hearing a lot of it is there's three wrestlers that are actively doing it well now, too, after CM Punk realized that he's not a ultimate fighter. Um, he realized that he could do it. <laughs> there's, 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 there's two other wrestlers in there, or I wouldn't know anything about ultimate fighting than UFC. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the problem that, that – uh, they're running into it's similar to boxing. You're not getting the matchups that you want to see, and that's True. what it's starting to become. It's just like boxing, you know. Everybody wanted to see Mayweather and Pacquiao fight in their primes, not yeah. you know six years after their prime. Like you want to see those yeah. guys go at it, like when they are at their their peak performance, and it just never happens for petty reasons, like. Oh, well, I think he's doing, you know, PEDs. Oh, well, you know, then, yeah, and, and it just it just went back and forth, and it was petty, and yeah. it just never happened. And then we finally got it when Mayweather was already was what, 38, 38, 39 years old. Pacquiao was 37, 38 years old, and it just wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was it was still a decent fight. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, could you imagine watching those two go at it? In their prime, you know, 2008, 9, 2010, like that would have been a phenomenal fight. You, and you think absolutely, you think that? I mean, the the, the I would have even I, I paid Cuervo. I actually would have paid money. Exactly, I would have paid money to see that one. Yeah, I mean, it made a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it probably would have made a whole lot more money had they uh, fought like in their actual primes. Um, so. I think that's the problem that the UFC is running into as well is just, you know, there's certain fights that 
that people want to see that uh, either they're not taking the extra step to make happen or the fighters themselves are not interested in, in either going up or down in weight classes to make the fight happen. Because uh, a lot of times that's, 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 you know, one of the huge bumps in the road is somebody's going to have to either drop or go up in weight classes in order to make a certain and fight happen. what they do. Yep. Sure, yeah. I mean, if you yep. got to go up, then obviously you're going to be a lot slower than what you're used to being. If, if you drop, if you have to drop a weight class, then you're not going to be as strong because you had to drop weight. So, I mean, I get all that. Um, but I'll tell you this. It would your your pockets would be a lot fatter, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe your your stomach and your and your arms and your chest may not be, but but your pockets will. And trust me, I mean, you know, you can you can eat for a long time after getting a good payday. Great, yeah, so. you're absolutely right. Now that having been said, we're coming up on my up on our first hour, uh, and. and we're, and and I, I've been told Cuervo I don't tease enough. I you know I to me let's just talk about it. Jeez, <laughs> why tease it? But sure. uh, uh, but you know that this is the radio business. You know even though we kind of do things a little bit different than most radio businesses. So what I'm going to do is tease our next subject after the top of the hour. But folks, first of all, let's remember as you are listening to the couch potato sports show, especially for my locals, don't forget Ral at Eagles varsity football is going to be starting up soon. Myself and the Eagle eye Bill Cerno will be bringing you the play by play of Rowlett Eagles varsity football. They're opening up another big high school stadium that holds 64 thousand people um and so we'll be that's the first game for the Raleigh eagles this year uh so we'll be handling that and bringing you the pregame show its own show itself we do the pregame show a couple of days before the game so people can have the opportunity to hear the game before the actual game so you have plenty of time in case you're driving there and you can't listen also again folks if you're listening and you can listen to us in the stands Bring that cell phone, charge up that Bluetooth, okay, and then call in to 347-215-7497 for all the live coverage of Rowlett Eagles varsity football as well as basketball. You can hear it live. No delay also, just to let everybody know. There is a delay up on the website, but if you're listening via your phone, there's a one-second delay, so uh, you might as well listen up to it in the stands. Charge up those, uh, you know, phones and the Bluetooth so you can listen to Rowlett Eagles football that is happening. Also, let's also not give a programming uh, reminder. The weekend of the 13th, I'm not sure what Sunday is. I think it's the 14th, and I could be wrong, but of July 14th, we will not be on air and if we are, it will be because I have nothing going on at that time of the day while I'm on the road. But just to be safe, say there's no show on that weekend. Next weekend, Cuervo, we're, next weekend we're starting the – are we starting the, our NFL review next week, Cuervo, on the, on the 30th? We are, right? Correct? Well, I mean, we can. Um, I, I thought we were going to – hold off until July, but we can start it next week. I, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, up for that, uh, that, 
idea. Okay, then let's do that. And so the question is, is where are we going to start, north, south, east, or west? Um, I think we, we can start out east, uh, obviously covering the uh, Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. And then uh, from there we can go west. If you want, and well, no. so, oh, so well, we'll I guess do, we'll go from there. So we'll do AFC North and NFC or AFC East and NFC East next week. Then correct? correct? Yes. All yes, right. So yes. that means Dallas Cowboy fans and my locals, you'll get our take on what's going to happen with the Dallas Cowboys and things of that sort. So. Make sure you join us next week for that, especially right here for our locals. That will be in the third hour, by the way, uh, when we get that. Or in be, in between the Real second quick. and third hours, when we'll probably end up getting to that. So um, make sure you join us uh, for that in our coverage of the NFL, which is what we do best. Now, that having been said, let's gonna, we're going to go to the tease. It's a two-minute tease, and, and, we, and we're going to go directly – directly into commercial and Cuervo will talk about what I'm going to push right here. And it is yet another excerpt from one Stephen A. Smith. And I got to wait, 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 wait. Because I forgot to do something. Um, that here. Why is this not working? There we go. That, hit that, and there we go. Here we go. We'll, do, we'll tease this, and then we'll talk about it on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Take a listen. They're going to be there this summer. They're falling apart by the Chiefs. The Boston Celtics. Something that we haven't said, and I keep bringing up the name Gordon Haywood and what has transpired. I'm going to go a step further. And I'm looking right at you when I say this. You know who needs to be brought into the into the eye of the storm? I hope you say the name. Mr. Danny Ainge. I agree. Mr. Danny Ainge. Enough's enough. We respect Danny Ainge. We respect the job that he has done. It is undeniable. But it's also time that we highlight what he hasn't been able to do. He was reluctant, highly reluctant, to pull pull the trigger and to get a deal. He had the assets. He could have gotten a big-time player. Over the last 40, I mean, mean, my God, over the last, I mean, how many years? Tell me when a championship has been won without a star. Outside of the Detroit Pistons with a starting five of Chauncey with Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, Ben Wallace, and Rasheed Wallace, practically every team that has won a chance. And they made the big season deal for Rasheed Wallace. And they made the move with a star. That's right. So when you look at outside of that, I'm talking about from Julius Irvin and Moses to, 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 to Bird to, and McHale to Magic and Kareem to Isaiah and Dumas to, to I mean, the list. No, I'm not doing number one one. Here we go. Right. I'm just looking at it, and Danny Ainge has not pulled the trigger. And here's the thing that we have to point out about Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge hired Doc Rivers on April 29, 2004, okay? That was the day it was announced that Doc Rivers would be the new coach of the Boston Celtics, okay? Um, I'm looking at here, June 28, 2007, he trades guys like Jeff Green, Wally Zerbiak, Delonte West, a 2008 second-round pick. He acquires Ray Allen. All right, for the Supersonics with Glenn Davis, okay? Three days later, I'm sorry, a month and three days later, July 31st, that's when he acquired KG. That was a gift from his buddy, Kevin McHale, okay? That was a gift from his So outside of the gift from his buddy, 
What has Danny Ainge really, really done to free agency? Acquiring Al Horford, you want to throw that up in there. That's to be respected. But what has he really, really done? At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costlow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road, where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costlowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? 
The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. on top of uh, the Boston Celtics. Now, that having been said, you know, I, I heard what he said, and I liked what he said to a certain point. But I guess I got to ask Guervo, you know, when do you finally put it on the shoulders of the players? I mean, you know, you can sit there and talk all day long about what, you know, the situation is over there in Boston. Believe me, I knew about the guys that you were talking about, especially Bird, especially McHale, and the gift that he got. But, I mean, geez, at least he had the friend in order to get the gift, to whereas if it was someone else, maybe they wouldn't have got the gift. So, you know, there are a lot of things I was listening to that, you know, barrage about the Boston Celtics. But one thing about the Boston Celtics is definite. I don't think they've lived up to a potential, but we also got to remember this is the first year outside of the East where there is no LeBron there, and you can say whatever you want. We have bashed that guy until we're blue in the face. But guess what? He was still a bad mamma jamma. None of us are going to admit the fact that he's not. So he had to get past that whole situation regardless. So that having been said, Cuervo, I think there's some validity of what Stephen A. is talking about. But I think he's probably doing this maybe two years a little bit too early. If this doesn't happen within the next couple of years where Boston is coming out of the East on a regular basis, then I think that it's justified what's being said. But until that happens, I mean, one year without LeBron, and you have the Raptors in that whole situation now. They were in a prime situation for Evo to go ahead and do something in the East, but I think stick. I, I think just the shock there was no LeBron that they almost didn't know what to do in order to do what they needed to do to win the East. Well, I think I think the uh, the point that Stephen was trying to make, Sonny, is that it's not necessarily that uh, you know. It's about them winning. It's it's about them putting themselves in position to win. Um, you know, he had mentioned, you know, what has he done, uh, you know, after he acquired Ray Allen and, and, and Kevin Garnett. Did you did you already forget they they do have Kyrie Irving on the team? Absolutely. You know, like 
Like I don't I don't think that's a that's a uh, you know exactly a, a scrub that they that they traded for or, or gotten free agents. And it wasn't easy I can't to get them. how they got. It. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like now. I will say, aside from that, though. Yeah, I think I think he makes a very good point that Danny Ainge really hasn't done much. Um, so, but I think I think saying that because LeBron was in the East uh, is kind of missing the mark a little bit. I think it's more just about selling the. Uh, Selling uh, the fact on, hey, we we want to build here to kind of dethrone LeBron, and Ainge missed out on a lot of opportunities. You know, I, when, I agree. When Kevin Garnett, he did. When Kevin Garnett, not Kevin Garnett, I'm sorry. When Kevin Durant was leaving Oklahoma City, there were a lot of rumors, and you go back in our archives, Sonny. I don't, I don't know if you I can do. go back. I remember them. Um, yep, it, they do. You know, I was campaigning for, for Durant to go to Boston. I thought that would be the best place for him and that he'd be able to take that team and, and call it his. Uh, instead, he did he did the typical, uh, you know, thing that these players do now. And, and instead of trying to build something that, that he can call his, he did the same thing LeBron did. He went and joined his buddies over there in, in Golden State. Uh, and, he, and he jumped on, on already – you know, stack team, and now he's you know holding up championship trophies, talking about look at how great I am. Yes, I'm sorry, but you know, but then he re- really kind of refused to go there, and I don't remember the reason why. Uh, but I I thought that was a KD decision more than anything. Well, obviously, in the long run, it, it did. Um, he didn't want to go there. Obviously, we ended up in Golden State, but. I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure if just all the pieces weren't together, or there were some that were going to be going out the door, so there was no need for him to come yet. Because right now, Cuervo, I think is prime right now. Now that also goes to the fact that we know KD is not going to go over to Boston because Danny Ainge will not. Let me repeat this: Danny Ainge will not pay a player twenty-seven million dollars just to sit the whole year. He will not. Do it. So, so well, any dreams that anybody has about KD going over to Boston, you, no, you're living no, in no, a no, dream no. world. That's that, not anymore, Sonny. I'm talking about in 2016 when he originally left Oklahoma City. Right. That's when Danny Ainge missed out. He's not getting them now. I don't think Danny yeah. Ainge wants them anymore, and, and and that's completely understandable. Um. Number one, because of his injury, of course. But number two, I think it's more about his character. I think I think people look at Durant differently now than they did three years ago uh, when he was leaving Oklahoma City. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, including myself, see Durant as, as a sellout. He's a guy that's going to take the easy, the high road. Not the high road, but the easy way out of situations, um, you know, and, and – He's not a guy that that has that 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 alpha male leadership that you want. In yeah, we called uh, him soft, Cuervo. Remember in Oklahoma City, we called him soft. And my brother, uh, with all due respect to my brother, he, I, I'm not sure who he was listening to, but it wasn't just us. Everybody was calling Kevin Durant soft. Yeah, 
And he still is. If, if anything, he's gotten softer since he's been in Golden State. <laughs> uh, just because, you know, I mean, now he now he's at the point in his career where he's letting the media really get to him emotionally. Before it yes. wasn't like that, but now, granted, he was in a much smaller uh, uh, setting in Oklahoma City. Now he's in Golden State, where you know you get a lot of attention over there in the Bay Area. You're talking about you know, three-time champions. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be a lot more praise, but there's also going to be a lot more criticism when they lose, just like they did, you know, this year. Um, so I, really, I think do you hang is, that on them? Uh, do you hang that on Golden State though, Cuervo? I mean, really without the, it, it, I, and I was actually looking in Tarvin's page, uh, Wayne Sports Talk. I guys go over there and check it out. He talks a lot about some good stuff. But one of the things that he put in there with KD in there, I mean, I, I, he I, he put it out there. Um, he thought it'd be done in, in five, lose the first one, and they get the the next four in a row. It, which, you know, at the time Cuervo, when this whole injury went down, Kevin Durant was unstoppable. If you remember, it was after somewhat you know, when he came out and said, "You guys know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant." And let me tell you something. During that stretch, during that time, Cuervo, that guy was unstoppable. Someone disrespected him enough to where he actually made it happen out on the basketball court um, quite a few uh, games in a row after that. Uh, So that injury, I think it was huge. Uh, Do do you think, you know, do you think that the Golden State Warriors would have – I think they would have rolled the Raptors with with, with KD at least. Yeah, and, you know, and that that was – that was my prediction, you know, and and in in all fairness to me, look, my prediction of the Warriors not losing another game in the playoffs was before Durant got hurt. Okay, it was like Absolutely. I think it was like game two or three of the Western Conference Finals. I was like, I don't see Golden State losing another game, and then Durant goes down with the injury. I'm like, oh, okay, well they might lose a couple more, uh, and then they wind up losing the series. So. Um, well, I didn't think they'd lose the series, Cuervo. I was absolutely rude. I was absolutely rude. Excuse me, wrong. You okay over there? I, 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 you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it. But I, I just went <laughs> – what I did is I just went back in crazy dreamland that I was in and realized that this team was winning championships before KD got there. Um, winning game after game after game without KD there. I just thought they would go ahead and figure out how to find it. But it's amazing how quick that has turned in reality when you get the Kevin Durant after – and we even said it on this show, Cuervo, they didn't need him. They, they, needed, they needed KD like they needed a hole ahead. Maybe they knew something we didn't because, let's be honest, Without KD, they didn't go there. But then again, that's not what they were used to, and they wouldn't have had time to develop the talent or get the guys in the right position to win. This was all of a sudden right there in the playoffs. So it does change the whole landscape and the whole chemistry of that team without having the KD in there in reality. Yeah, I mean, it definitely changed the the way the finals, the outcome of the finals. And that's nothing – I'm not taking anything away from from Toronto because – that I'll listen to the show know I'm I am a very big Kawhi Leonard fan uh, but at the same time do I think with that team that he has in Toronto do I think they could have beaten Golden State full strength no no I, I mean 
Heck, we're it, even questioning it, 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 whether or not they'll make it back into the playoffs even with them on the squad next year. Never mind, quite possibly not. He's already – I think he's already said he's not going to be there next year. So, you know, you, you got to get ready for a year without, without him in the lineup. Well, I mean, we don't know. We don't know how that's all going to turn out, Sonny. I mean, July 1st is right around the corner, and that's when free agency officially begins. And, uh, look, would I, be, would I be surprised if Kawhi Leonard leaves Toronto? Not really. I'd actually be more surprised that he decides to stay there. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but if he decides to leave, it's like, well, he, there's no way the Lakers are going to sign him because, I mean, their financial situation is bad enough, which – by the way, I hope Magic Johnson's smiling uh, at that situation. Me too. Yeah. You know, thinking <laughs> thinking to himself, "Yep, I I I told you guys so." I mean, you know, who who's who's the dumb one now? You know, for you know the situation going on over there. I mean, I don't know, but um, so it's not going to be the Lakers. I don't see him going to Boston. Uh, no, and if they oh, do, it's, it's going to be at the it's going to be at the sacrifice of losing Kyrie Irving because I don't think they're going to keep both of them. Or they they they'll lose key role players such as Gordon Hayward. I don't think you're you're going to be able to get it that way. So you know they might. But but by the way, you know Stephen A. Let's let's not forget we're talking about Boston Celtics team that was in the Eastern Conference Championship last year. So don't forget that. Look what they did the year before Cuervo. This was a team that had no business in the Eastern Conference Championship last year. None. Zero. Yeah. Shouldn't have been there, but they were there. So, you know, but that, that injury to Hayward was huge. I mean, you say whatever you want. That that took them down a big stretch when he went down. Um so, but at the same time, I think that you've got to get that job done with that lineup in, in reality, you know. So, um, but I, do do I think that Danny Ainge is is slacking at his job? Nah, I don't think so. Because if anything, he's put together over years a, a team that again last year Eastern Conference championship. Uh, a big injury with them probably could have been there, maybe at least playing for it anyway. Um, so I, I think the whole situation, it, you know, it, you know, Kyrie, if uh, Kyrie's got to say they got Holford there. Holford, the, the key to Holford is not making them pay, play, you know, thirty, forty minutes a game. Use them in, in good key spots, and hopefully you get Gordon Hayward back, um, back, you know, you know, relatively healthy to where he gets done. But at the same time, Cuervo, you know, you're right. KD going over there, Ainge isn't going to do it. Not only that, Cuervo, you mentioned it. The injury that he has, I'm going to tell you right now, if they do not do this right, Cuervo, and they do bring him back next year when they really should not do it, I think they run the risk of having that same injury happen yet again. And then could you imagine a team sinking $50 million into a guy that hasn't played for two years. I don't think there's too many GMs out there are going to really take the risk on that. That's going to have to be put on the owner. And then 
the you know the general manager is going to have to suck it up and take the blame regardless if that happens anyway because he's got to figure out how to get the job done with it. So, um, but I don't think there's too many GMs that are going to really in reality could quite possibly cost a franchise fifty million dollars and not have the guy for a full two years, especially if he ruptures that Achilles tendon again. Well, uh, I know a similar situation that did happen. Uh, me being the mm-hmm. average Chicago Bulls fan that I am, mm-hmm. um, you know, one Mr. Derrick Rose. So I can oh, think of one GM that, that, was that, was, that memory, would be though, up with... <laughs> That was what? Muscle memory, right? Wasn't it? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> muscle memory. Except the muscle couldn't remember how to stay healthy. So, yeah, that yeah, didn't no, work out uh, too uh, well. The muscle just... Had had no had no clue what its job was anymore. Right, yeah, the ligaments. Um, so, oh, and then Derek and then, and then Derek Rose didn't want to play too much because he didn't want to be sore uh, fifteen years from now. So there was that part of it. And I think it got to the point after saying things like that is like, okay, it's time for you to go. But the fact that we held on to him for as long as he did, all the injuries and all the comments and. So I can think of one GM, uh, John Paxton. Shout out to you guys over there, uh, back home in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, thanks Woo-hoo. for everything. So, um, you know, you would think for a guy that was part of so much history that the Chicago Bulls would would make it his own personal uh, a commitment to to bring them back to those days, and they're not even close. Not even absolutely. Close. But. I digress, Sonny. We're talking about the Celtics here, okay? <laughs> Look, here's, here's, here's my thing. I think, if you really want me to be honest, because that is what we do on this show, I think the only reason that Boston has been as successful as they have is because, and I'm not breaking any news here, so don't hit the Ted Koppel button. The Eastern oh, okay, Conference right. is weak. Absolutely weak. Now that LeBron is not there, it's even weaker than it was before. Okay, and don't give me well. We have Kawhi Leonard in the East now. Well, no. Okay, great. You know, and that's why Toronto went to the finals, and that's why Toronto won the NBA title. Because the, the simple fact. The simple fact of the matter is, Cuervo, when you're looking at the East, oh, it, you know, terrible. Crazy it, knucklehead exactly. and terrible. It, it, it is a, it, it's not about the East anymore, Cuervo. The stars are gone. The stars have faded that are still there, and all the stars are shining to where you got to wear shades over in the West now, and three of them are right there in California, for God's sake. It's been like that, say. though. It's it, been it, like well, that, Well, exactly. But it's even it, it's even worse now because now you've got them all going over there. I mean, the the fact of the matter is is if LeBron what I, I I'm going to give LeBron I I can't believe my I'm going to I'm going to pat LeBron James on the back, okay? Because I really in reality when when I thought about him moving from the East, he was definitely getting out of the comfort zone. I really did, Cuervo, but. We we all know why he went to L.A. in reality. You know, it, it, it's the, the whole situation with him going there. Which exactly. It was about the money. But at the same time, could he have got that same money up in, in, in New York? Oh, hell yeah. 
Oh, he would have got the money, uh, and and the, and we would be we would actually be talking about the Knicks, you know, in the finals. Which God, Cuervo, right? it was eighty six last time they were there, you know. So so we would actually be talking about relevancy to the New York Knicks instead. You know, LeBron goes and gets the money and goes to L.A., but it's definitely outside of a comfort zone because Cuervo, he even knew going over to the West it was going to be hard for him to make the playoffs yet for, what, nine years before the ninth year in a row? It didn't happen. So, you know, so he he definitely went outside of the comfort zone because if he would have stayed in the East, he would have took whatever team that he had there at least to the conference championship uh, uh, in that area, if not win it, to go to the finals. So, you know, I, I got to give LeBron credit. At least he went outside of a comfort zone, outside of a quote-unquote big three, although he's trying to build a new big three. At least he – at least he, I got to give him credit. At least he, he tried. Yeah, well, I mean, he got the wrong, he got the wrong. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't see it working very well, Sonny, in, in, in LA with, with the Davis oh, I don't trade. Unless and, they get the name. Even, even with yeah. Anthony Davis, I still don't see it. Well, I mean, you've heard, you've heard the latest situation going on in LA. I mean, they're pretty much at the point well, well, now Well, hold where, on. That just, all, that just all depends. So why don't you do it? Why not? Why don't you tell people what, what's going on there? Because I, maybe I'm not paying attention last couple of days. So, so what do you got over there in LA? Well, I mean, it's 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 hit nationwide, you know, the news nationwide. But uh, you know, let's just say the the Lakers didn't think this one out very well, and, and Rob Palenka is definitely, in, you know, he's he's definitely not the guy that this this just shows he's not the guy that was running things uh, over the past season in L.A. So uh, I guess after they sat down and they, and they crunched the, the, the true numbers of this whole thing, now the Lakers are at the point where they're like, holy crap, we have to fill a roster, but we have no, we have no money to do it with. So Exactly. Uh, okay. So I'm here to announce that, yes, myself and Sonny Clark have signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, Sonny, we're we're gonna Can be we're gonna be. Uh, you do, you do, you get uh, you know, you get uh, a year's worth of Slurpees from Seven Eleven on the house. Oh, ooh, ooh, I like cherry Slurpees. But that having been said, Cuervo, of course, that's the name of this show. That leads me to some of the news that is right here from Rowlett. If you happen to read my Facebook page. Jeffrey Carroll. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Jeffrey Carroll. Guys, hey, listen. Listen, I've been talking about Jeffrey Carroll ever since I started calling this basketball games and where he was over in Oklahoma State and what kind of role player that he was and what he could do. But Jeffrey Carroll, it, you know, he's going to play in the summer league. He's going to be at worst in the G League getting ready to come up. But Cuervo, this might be the year where we see former Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball player Jeffrey Carroll actually make that Lakers squad. I'll be honest with you. When I heard about the news about Jeffrey Carroll last year with the Lakers, I expected him to play in the summer league and then be done with him. I really did. Not because of the fact that the talent, just all the names they were bringing in and the fact that 
no offense against my man Jeffrey Carroll, he doesn't have the name, but he actually met with Magic Johnson, and Magic Johnson says, you're going to stay right here regardless wherever we put you, whether it's in the Laker uniform or whether it's in the G League uniform, you're going to be there. And uh, he lived on it, and he's there, and now he's got the opportunity. So if Jeffrey Carroll does step out of his shell, Okay, and become a star in the NBA. Just let everybody know that would be because of one Magic Johnson making that move to keep him in that uniform. Just let everybody know. Um, okay, congratulations to him. I mean, uh, I, I only I only know what you said about him, but look, anybody that gets an opportunity to to pursue their dream and and make it a reality, I'm all about it. So, congrats to him and. Uh, I'm sure. Hey, and Marcus. And, and, and by the way, Marcus Allen is no slouch either. By the way, they got him in there too. If you if you know if you know about him, he's no slouch either. So there's a couple of guys in the G League that if they do get the opportunity to take that step forward, uh, they will get there. But let's be honest, their 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 step will be limited because they have AD and because they have LeBron. Uh, so their steps can might not be as aggressive as it would be on a different basketball team, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, for, for guys like like, uh, like Carroll and these other guys that, uh, that are, you know, up and coming and just trying to just trying to, to get get an opportunity. Look, I mean, it's no disrespect to, to to these young guys, but right now the Lakers are in a situation where you know they they can they have no choice but to sign guys for the absolute bare minimum salary. And yep. you know these guys are the perfect you know candidates uh, because they they still have yet to prove themselves and. You know, the the Lakers have to fill the roster. They got to get 12 guys on the team. I think it's 12 for an NBA team to have uh, on the roster. So, uh, but they know the system. They're they're learning the system. Even though it's on the G level, they're learning the system of what is being ran up in LA. So they they know what's going on. So they, yeah, big news there for a local here. I'm, I'm very excited about that. When I when I read about it, I just I flipped out. I was like, holy crap, there he is. He's gonna. I think he's actually going to make the squad. And it will be because of exactly what you're talking about, Cuervo. It's because they will have that money restraint. They won't have the, the right amount of money to bring in maybe a mm-hmm. third. And if they do, someone's definitely given a discount in order for it to happen. Uh, so, the, the Lakers, like you said, the Lakers are in a lot of trouble. You know, cap space is going to kill them. And that cap space will, you know, could put them down at about five or six, even if they make the playoffs as well, even with LeBron and Kate, uh, AD Cuervo. So, you know, then it's all about what you're going to do in the playoffs. And, you know, will they have, an, will they have enough? And so it, the, the actual, you know, regular season will mean a lot for the Lakers, not whether or not they win or lose or if they make the playoffs is how they handle the regular season without having the superstars and how they're going to win games and who's going to be the actual, you know, reason why they win some of those games. So lots of stuff to be looking at. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Jeffrey Carroll will actually be in a Laker uniform. That would just, that would just, you know, make my day. And of course we'll do something uh, special for it because uh, 
I went back and looked at some of the archives. I, I mean, this guy was this guy was scoring 30, 30 to thirty five on a regular basis as a senior in high school, going up against two teams that were within the Garland ISD that were basketball teams, and they were able to get the job done. So. Um, Good stuff there, so we'll be looking out for Jeffrey Carroll and where he goes and uh, what's going to be going on there. So uh, lots of good stuff going out there as far as um, as far as far uh, locally and for the NBA. Now, the NBA, if you can say whatever you want about the NBA, you know, we can talk about, you know, um, Kawhi not being happy. Is he happy? Is he not? That's huge news, especially in Boston, okay? So you got to do it. Now, the next story is where's KD end up? We'll always think, but we're not going to talk about him until two weeks before the playoffs of next year. So we got to look at that. Then the 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 biggest question, Cuervo, that I've been hearing all week, especially in the NBA, with the likes of what they're getting over there for the Pelicans. I mean, the future looks bright there, especially if that. You know, I I don't expect Zion to live up to the hype. I really don't. But that just because you don't live up to the hype of what what you are, which is the number one draft pick, doesn't mean that you don't have the talent or you can't get the job done. It's just how you get the job done is differently. I think if the Pelicans are able to add, you know, a guy or two, we could be talking about the Pelicans maybe, you know, making a play for the playoffs and actually, you know, making it into the second or maybe third round of the playoffs. Uh, the, with, the, with the team that they have now, um, that's going to be tough. I mean, I mean I'll tell you. Tough. That, uh, that's what, it, it's the E square, though. I mean, it is up. I mean, you find a coin. I mean, Jesus. I mean, really, I mean, I mean, all right, the Raptors won the championship, for God's sake, okay? I mean, you know, and I guess maybe it's me. I mean, I'm not talking about them repeating or even, heck, I'm not even going to say they're going to make the playoffs next year. But at the same time, you even said it. The East is so wide open, and it is still wide open because they don't have the mega superstar that's over there. So why not the Pelicans? I mean, but. That would require for the rookie to go in to do whatever he's going to do as a rookie and make a big statement and maybe get some help from some of the role players on that team. But at the same time, when you're talking about the East, you know, will will the Raptors be able to do it? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the the only thing that I wonder is how wide open it will be over there and in the East. And, you know, could we – could we be talking to Pelicans as far as that's concerned? I mean, really, I, I don't I don't know if we, we would or not. But, you know, you got Boston. You, even to a point people are talking about Orlando. I mean, the, the wide openness that is the East makes it for a very interesting time next year. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's – I mean, it really, it's all going to come down to what Kawhi does, Sonny. Because if Kawhi Absolutely. leaves Toronto and he goes back out to the West, which I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that that could happen. If that yeah. happens, I mean, I mean, the, the Eastern Conference is just, it's dead. Like, I'm sorry, Trump. but 
think let's 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 take a look at it real quick. Who's the best player if Kawhi leaves Toronto and he goes to a Western Conference team? Who's the best player in the Eastern Conference now? Is it Ben Simmons in Philly? Is it no. Kyrie if he if he stays Kyrie. in Boston? If he is stays. It, or maybe it's uh, Giannis uh, up in up in Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, which he showed like he showed though, in the but... playoffs that he uh, he's got a lot of weaknesses, Kenny. He has a lot of weaknesses. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. You know, like going on that. That's that's the big thing. Is just, you know, like you said, uh, how weak is the East going to be if if Kawhi Leonard leaves the Raptors? So. It, it it will be very interesting to see how the East plays out. You know, going into yep, next yep. year. It, it yeah, uh, lots of things up in the air. By the way, guys, just let everybody know we are talking NBA. But next week, uh, just in case you didn't know, uh, the day after our show, Wimbledon opens up. So watch out that every once in a while, Sonny will get on a tangent about Wimbledon. I love Wimbledon. I I watch I watch Wimbledon in the U.S. Open. But, you know religiously and I'm looking forward to that so we may dabble in a little bit of tennis this year um, so watch out for that that happened this such January 1st that tournament is a two week tournament over there um, so you know be ready for that lots of names to be looking out for as well uh, will we see the return of some some big names such as uh, uh, the, uh, the Williams sisters where will they be you know the, we'll, we'll, we might take a time and, and maybe devote a little bit to Wimbledon next year. We might have to do a separate show because we don't want to really move away from what, what's going on as far as us covering the uh, football that's coming up. Now, speaking of football, of course, that's just what we do best here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to jump right on over there because there is a lot to go on about it. But uh, – one of the biggest pieces of news in reality, Cuervo, when I was looking at it, and I, I it, it didn't shock – well, I don't know. Did it shock you? Matthew Stafford, at least according to some of the reports, played with a broken back. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this or not, Cuervo, but uh, mm-hmm. when I read this, I was like, wow, really? I, you know, so I don't know – I, I hate reading things like this because it's almost like you're trying to find the excuse of what happened last year and why you didn't get there. Listen, you weren't getting past the Bears, and, you know, that, that's just the way that part worked. You had to fight if you were even going to stay in competition with Green Bay or Minnesota. So, you know, it was, to me, I, I hate reading these reports. I, and, and part of me wants to go with the grain of salt and how come the NFL is not finding the, the – the Lions for not reporting accurate uh, injuries for players. I mean, so, you know, you know, parts of me are going, what the hell is going on? Or is this really just an excuse? So I thought I'd bring it to the wise and the MVP of this show, that being Cuervo. You know, I, I don't know. Are you believing this story? Because I don't know. Maybe it's the pessimist in me. And I love Matthew Stafford, by the way. I think he, you know, I think that guy is. I, that guy's got some skills. I think he's got them. But I just look at that as an excuse more so than the, you know, reason why we didn't see the Lions play well. I, it, it had a lot to do with a rookie or rookie head coach as well. Yeah, I think it's. I think it definitely is uh, excuses. Um, 
you know, I, 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 I look at the timing of it, Sonny. Like, you, well, as you as in the Detroit Lions, coming out and, and talking about this now, now, what's the benefit? What, exactly. Where do you gain? What's the benefit in trying to come up with, well, you know, this is why we played so bad, and I, I don't, I don't see uh, what they gain from coming out and trying to make excuses now, after all this, you know, what three months after the season? Actually, it's almost been four months. Right. Uh, February, March, April. No, I'm sorry. No, almost five months. Now yep. the season's ended. It's been four and a half now, and. You know, I mean, if it was like the day after the Super Bowl, eh, I think still people would have had their suspicions like, yeah, they're just making up, you know, excuses to why they had such a bad year. But four and a half months after the seasons, I, I mean, teams are getting ready to go into OTAs and, and, and stuff like that now. Now, right. that being said, if, if this is to try and, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 w- I would say is, is it because the new season is starting soon? But, I mean, at that point, you, you, would, you would think it'd be the other way around them saying, hey, look, Matthew Stafford's feeling better than ever, and, and uh, you know, he's ready to go, and, you know, he can't, we're, all, we're all fired up to wait for the, we're ready for the season to start. No, it's the total opposite. It's like, yeah, we sucked last year, and this is why. Last year has been done with six months ago so why you're trying to justify it now as to why you had such a bad year I think I know. it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense I think I know I think I know because Equivo, it, it, I, I don't know I, I do keep track of the Lions I'm a closet Lions fan I lived up in the area so you know I, I, I got a little love for the Lions uh, and, and obviously we, we oh, keep that track makes of the of NFL here well, yeah, <laughs> we keep track of the NFL. That's just what we do. And I remember very distinctly fans are wondering if Matthew Stafford is the right move. Is he the guy that's going to take us moving forward? And believe me, the fans were all over this. They they didn't necessarily think that it was the best idea to have Matthew Stafford be the guy that was going to move him forward. This, to me, just kind of gives them the excuse on – and not having to listen to the fans complain uh, about the simple fact of the matter is that if you don't have Matthew Stafford, who are you going to start? You know what I'm saying, Cuervo? Because sometimes you're just stuck with what you got. I mean, there's many instances in the NFL that you can look to to say, well, we're just kind of stuck with this guy. And, you know, any team that has Kirk Cousins, I mean, we can go that route. I mean, you know, anything that, you know, you know that, that whole thing. I mean, so – but I mean, obvious. I mean, I don't know, Cuervo. I mean, you're you're putting Matthew Stafford up against the the quarterbacks that we got going on. I think he's better than you know, the, some of some of the better ones. You know, or you know, the Kirk Cousins sure. of the world. I definitely think he's better. Um, not just because I get an easy shot to rip up on you know Kirk Cousins, because any other time you know I get I I try I at least try to get a little laugh out of making fun. Yeah. Of making fun of Kirk Cousins, but really, when I'm looking at the talent, you know, Kirk Cousins just not getting the job done. Neither is Matthew Stafford. 
Um, they, they get them there, but they just can't get them to the promised land, just like Matthew Stafford. It's, it's almost like they're mirrors of each other, and maybe we should be making fun of Matthew Stafford as much as we're making fun of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe for different reasons, but, uh, you know, I just think that uh, – yeah, I mean, look, I, I, the only thing I can really say, Sonny, is that it just – you know, I don't think anyone has ever questioned Stafford's talent. I think what we question is his decision-making. That's yes. the question when we talk about – Especially tied in. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, he had a great one. And the Lions decided to let him go. So, yep. um, you know, I mean, that's not completely his fault, I guess. But uh, but I will say that I think that, uh, you know, he's a guy that if he can get himself another premier tight end, and we'll see uh, what uh, T.J. Hawkinson, the rookie, is going to become. They drafted him in the first right. round out of Iowa. Uh, we'll see what he's going to be, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think I think Stafford has uh, definitely learned that, uh, you know, using those guys in red zone situations is the way to go. And, yeah. and uh, I, I think that's – I agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, 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 don't let, you don't let that type of talent just go to waste. And you see what Andrew Luck did for him. For, and I'm talking about Eric Ebron. That's the guy that, that Detroit let yep. go, which yep. is a, a tremendous talent. And, and then uh, they didn't use the ones from the years before that, too. Yeah. Yeah, they had, uh, you know, Pettigrew and Tony Shuffler and all those guys. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they go and they go to other teams and, you know, become, you know, become. I think Shuffler became a pro bowler with the Broncos, not if I remember right. Um, so, you know, Pettigrew well, never Detroit left Lions, Detroit, so. The, the, the Detroit Lions hasn't been known to be, you know, making the smartest decisions. I mean, I don't know what you guys uh, do to keep no. Calvin Johnson happy, but you evidently didn't do enough. I mean, because, the, I mean, we're even hearing stories about him maybe coming back as well. But the simple fact of the matter is the Detroit Lions are in a very – they're going to – you know, just not even jumping into this and just knowing – what they got at the backup quarterback position, Cuervo, they have David Fales and Tom Savage. Okay? All right. I know who those guys are. Okay? And here's what I do also know about them. They suck. Okay? They, 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 they should they – should, they, none of them are capable to go ahead and say, I feel, you know, somewhat confident that we could win with this guy. Neither one of them are there. So the Lions better get a backup quarterback – immediately, if not sooner, and they better figure something out. Because if this is a quote-unquote broken back, or if this is something that could reoccur, the Lions don't have anybody they can lean on at the quarterback position that has any kind of experience. And look at the division of football they play in, Cuervo. Quite possibly the second toughest division in football. And that is the NFC North. I think the AFC South is the toughest. I do. I, I, you know, it's 
There's something about that AFC South about winning somehow winning games, you know, you know, you know, in the trenches. That's what I think about. But I also think about that about the NFC North, winning games in the trenches. Guess what? They don't have anybody to back up the main guy in the trench, and they cannot get the job done with Tom Savage. David Bales, I mean, come on, let's, let's, you know, I, I don't know, Cuervo, at some point, you've got to realize who your what your opportunities are. Hey, you gotta, can we talk? Yeah, thanks, Joan. You've got to realize where you are as a football team, and they're in a lot of trouble. Forget about any other position out on the football field. We always say it. Number one is quarterback. Arguably, number two is your backup quarterback, or at least number three, if it's not the offensive line. So where are the Lions right now? That means they're in a lot of trouble. They better figure that one out because I don't know what it is. When I read a, a report like this, Cuervo, they're setting up for they're setting up for disaster. They, I mean, they're starting up before the year starts. You know, oh, he had a broken back last year, and you know, and they can use the excuse, especially if he gets hurt in the back again. So, you know, if you're if you're the Lions right now and you're not actively out there looking for some kind of answer to your backup quarterback position, you are not paying attention on what you need to do as your number one priority right now. Either that or, I mean, what we had originally said, this is just, you know, people are just blowing smoke and, you know, saying ridiculous things as to why they had such a bad season. But I'll tell you what, if I think it's extreme to, to – come up with fake excuses like knock on wood because you, you, you shouldn't be joking around like that man that's your, yeah. that's your franchise quarterback you know like you, you could have used exactly. any other reason you could have used any other reason not a our quarterback had a broken back like Jesus man yeah like that's, you're going, that's an extreme, you're going into the next season you're, you're going into the next season with your quarterback you know, being you know fragile is gone, so this. you're you, you're not going to be able to touch the guy without worrying about whether or not he's going to get hurt or not. Right. So I don't know. I, I think it's either a really extreme excuse, or look, I think the NFL should look like you said they should look into. Yeah, they violated the uh, the policy on proper reporting procedures, however you want to say it, because the rule is you're supposed to report all injuries. Look, if he stubbed yep. his toe, I think I think the league would forgive the Detroit fans for that. Uh, this is yeah, but a broken back. About those, yeah, this is totally different. Totally, totally different. Something that now, definitely should have been brought up. Now, they, they go back in following the uh, week 13 loss to the Rams. It did say, however, he had an injury, but it wasn't specific. Well, hold on. Now you know the specifics of it after it's done. They knew what was going on, if this is a true story. All right. Now, you know, I don't know, yeah, how, yeah, they, I don't yeah. know how candid they would talk to the commissioner about that, you know, or, or whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, but when it comes, listen, I'm telling you right now, the NFL is very, very particular when it comes to this rule in particular because of the injuries and everything and, and the, uh, you know, especially now. I mean, you know, I think the accuracy of the report has got to be called into question. 
And it, it and the most importantly is why. Why was this not reported correctly? Now, granted, I don't think we'll ever get that answer or we'll ever get this kind of stuff. But you you'll have to look at the fact that you know I don't I don't think you keep Matthew Stafford in there because he is on the Iron Man streak. He's had 128 games. You know, only trailing Brett Favre, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, and Matt Ryan. Those are the only ones that he's behind as far as being the quote-unquote mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Iron Man. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you right now, 30, listen, 3,777 yards, that is not his, his norm. His norm's 42 or higher. So he definitely took a shot last year. He definitely, he definitely took a step back. But at the same time, you can look at the personnel out on the football field that can also take a portion of the blame of that. But instead of blaming the personnel out on the football field, it sounds like they want to lean on this guy's back, literally. And, and it, 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 to me, it doesn't make any – to me – and I'm right there with you, Cuervo. To, to make the statement now makes no sense, and it's not going to do any good. But I don't know. You know – so that having been said, Cuervo, there is a guy that's out there that they can get. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a guy out there that they can get. And not only that, depending on the situation, he could challenge for the starting position. But that would depend upon on, on an injury. That would depend upon how he is. And, and, and I'm talking about a guy who took the big hit and – we said he'd never play again. Alex Smith is out there saying he's going to play again. The question is when he's going to play. That's going to be the big question. That was a that was a gruesome injury. And but he's out there talking Cuervo that he wants to play again. Now, Captain Cut uh, check uh, check down. Listen, that works in certain systems. Now, you know Matthew Stafford does have the cannon. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to tell you right now, Matthew Stafford is one of the most accurate quarterbacks within 30 yards. And I think the guy that fits that mold in reality, when you look at that Cuervo, is Captain Checkdown. That's what it is. But the difference between Captain Checkdown and Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford has completed the bombs. Of course, he had, you know, Calvin Johnson and the guys that could go up and get a ball. So, you mm-hmm. know, in reality – if if he can come back 100% healthy, the Lions need to break their neck to get this guy. I really honestly – because let's be honest, he's not ready to start. I mean, the injury alone keeps him from starting, but the time that he might be able to get because Matthew Stafford would start, I think I'd break my neck to get this guy. Oh, well, I mean – I mean, obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, medical, I guess, recommendations or uh, – you're going to have to get a lot of thumbs up from guys before you think about signing a guy like that. I can understand why people are hesitant to signing him. And even if he says that he's – I mean, it's, like it's a competitive person, and Alex Smith says that he's ready to go, but – you know the the science of it, the 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 medical part of it may may say otherwise. So, you know, it, it's it. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's understandable that, that Alex Smith says that, but you know, you gotta let, you gotta let 
the doctors do their job too, and that's obviously assuming that you have doctors that are honest about things. So, um, uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's always a big factor. But um, I mean, Alex, you know, Alex Smith in Detroit is not the worst idea. It's really not. And, and, and again, it's because, like you said, um, you know, to be honest, they're the polar opposite of each other, Alex Smith and Matthew Stafford. And, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that gives Matt Patricia an opportunity to say, okay, look, if if certain things don't work with this type of quarterback, you know what, let's try it with this guy. And, and you know, because Alex Smith doesn't have doesn't have as strong of an arm, he's a little less mobile, just and his decision making is different. So they're 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 pretty opposite of each other, uh, to be honest with you. That means Smith and, and Stafford. So you know, him going there may not be the worst idea for the Detroit Lions. The problem's going to be is that Alex Smith in his mind, expects to be a starter, which means he expects to get paid like a starter. Yeah. That's going to be the issue. Don't don't you think that he can figure that he can't get that money? I mean, with the injury, I mean, wouldn't he be ahead of the curveball in reality? I mean, mean, you would think. Common sense. That's what I would think. Sometimes, (laughs) Sometimes guys don't have common sense, and they think that you know, they try to sell you on, oh, you know, I'm past that, and, and I'm I'm feeling awesome now, and you know, this and that, and you know, they try to they try to sell these these teams on that they're they're not uh, you know hurt anymore, and you know, hey, and then they go out and they they do what they do. So, uh, I think I think that's the situation you would run into the financial part. Yeah. Of it. He's not going to make more than Stafford. I'm not saying that. But the difference in the two in their salaries, will it be a huge gap? Maybe not. And, and again, I mean, Alex Smith is a guy that has been starting most of his career. I think he expects to continue to start. And if Detroit is not going to at least pay him like a starter, he's going to go somewhere else. And I think if that's the case, then all right, you tell Detroit should tell him, you know, don't let the door hit you in the ass. Like, I would, I'm sorry, so. but that, that's that's a huge liability right now. Is, is a guy with that gruesome of an injury uh, to pay him anything more than a backup uh, is it's not worth it. It's not worth it, Sonny, because anything can happen. I mean, you know, it's. It, it, you're running a huge risk with it like that. And he's much Absolutely. older, too. So, you know, yeah. In- interestingly, in- yeah, interestingly enough, you know, whether or not that ends up happening, that's going to – I'm very interested in see where that story goes. So, um, now, that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. There, it, there was a retirement this past week. And, you know, I guess I'm going to ask the guy, you know, I I never was a fan, but, you know, that that having been said, 
McCown brothers have been around, but uh, Josh McCown has called it a career, 17 years. But you know what, Cuervo? As teams are going to have a quarterback problem, even though he is retired, I think this is a guy that could get a job somewhere, Cuervo. I, and listen, it's not because he's the starter. I mean, hell, if that been the case, he would have been the starter for the last 15 years for a football team. So instead, he's bounced around from team to team to team, which is exactly what would end up happening right now if he got back after he retired. But Josh McCown, quote-unquote, officially, quote-unquote, retired. Um, do you believe this one, Cuervo, or is there a $3 million payday coming in the middle of the year for this guy? That's what I think. Uh, I mean – I think if 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 an opportunity knocks, I think he'll. I mean, he did it before. You know, we all thought he was retired, and then, um, you know, a team came and knocked on his door, and and he said, "Yeah, I'll shoot back up." Uh, I mean, look, as long as he doesn't turn into the next Vinny Testaverde, I think, I think he's a guy that is is content with his career and what he's done. And believe it or not, I think this is going to blow your mind. Obviously, from his days with the Bears, I know exactly you know what he is and you yeah. know type of quarterback. That, do you know that Josh McCown is the highest has the highest rated QBR of any Chicago Bears quarterback in the history of the franchise? I well. I didn't know that. And if you would have asked me the question, I would have got it right. Because I don't know where I was listening. And I don't even know when I was listening. But I distinctly remember, oh, it was when he was, when he was on a roll. That, you know, when he, was, when he was a bear. They talked about that during the broadcast and, you know, how well he was doing compared to some of the other ones. Other than the big names, you know, Jim McMahon, you know, was one of them. The Harbaugh that was there and uh, you know, or not uh, uh, Hogaboom or whoever it was, the, the H guy. Um, yeah, talking, about, talking about those quarterbacks. And the, the funny thing is, Cuervo, is when that was going on, and that was before they let him go. I mean, listen, they let him go, and he had that going on at the time, if I'm not mistaken. That that just kind mm-hmm. of tells you something of how they feel about the guy. I mean, I, you know, and that, that that's what it was. It was right before your guy, um, uh, the guy who's uh, the signal caller now. His name's up in my mind. It was, it was right before he took over the rings, if I'm not mistaken, right? Wasn't the Cuervo they were talking about that during the broadcast? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, McCown, McCown, uh, uh, you know, left, and then Cutler was back for a little while, and then we signed good old Mike Glennon. That worked out well. Glennon, and yeah. now, uh, you know, we, we and that's when Mitch was the backup two years ago. So, uh, you know, and now, now obviously Mitch is the full time starter. So, yeah. I think it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah, but I couldn't believe it. He's the highest-rated quarterback of any quarterback in Bears history, and that includes a Jay Cutler and a Sid Luckman from, you know, the 50s or I forget exactly when he played, Uh, Jim McMahon, Jim Harbaugh, like all those guys. He beats all those guys. Yep. 
that those, those are the, the, well, yeah. I mean, and the reason why is that the guy was never really that good ever. So you know, you run into that, and I, I don't know, you know, as much as I, I, I find it interesting as well. I think your Bears in the backup position at the quarterback position with, with Chase Daniels, it's a pretty good situation to have, isn't it? I mean, Cuervo, you guys got lucky. I mean, the, well, you guys, I'm a Bear fan. But the Bears got lucky with Chase Daniels. And they better, they better keep that guy. Is, is, is he still there? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he was the backup when oh, yeah. Trubisky went down. Yeah, They, oh, they yeah. need to yeah. keep that guy. Now, again, this is not not a guy to write home to mama about, but he actually went out and won some football games for him at a very important time of the season for them. And guess what? They ended up in the playoffs, and it was because of Chase Daniels getting a couple of those victories. Wasn't Trubinsky down for four games, and he got two two of those four that he was down? He got half of them? Uh, I think he was down for like two, yeah, two or three games. They only lost one. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, I mean – you know, there's there's a team that's actually doing pretty good with the backup quarterback position. I mean, you know, I, again, he's no Mitch Trubisky. And so, you know, don't anybody start writing me. I'm just saying he, he's adequate. He That's what they need. They need a guy that has got some NFL time and has had success. And as recent as last year, hell yeah, you got to keep that guy. I, it, it, it's a good setup for him in, in the quarterback position, which, again, Cuervo, look at the quarterback positions in the NFC North. Who are the backups for those teams? I mean, who's behind Aaron Rodgers? Hell, I don't know. I, and who's behind – who's the quarterback for the the the, uh, the Vikings? I mean, it's somebody. They, they signed someone big. I just can't remember. But who's the backup for him? Um, so, that, that being said – you know the Bears are that much better. What? Wait, don't they still have Kirk Cousins up there, Cuervo? In Minnesota, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he ain't going nowhere. They still got money. They got a lot of money in them, right? Yeah, they got a lot of money in him. It's all but, guaranteed, um, remember? Yeah, that's right. It's guaranteed. You bet. You you, you don't have a see, that's a bad thing. Cuervo. That that's the bad thing about Kirk Cousins. I mean, you got so much money in him. You have two years of money in him, and you don't have a choice because it's it just as much. No one wants to pay KD twenty five million dollars to play basketball and not hit the court. No one wants to pay this guy twenty five million dollars and not play in the NFL. You know, you know. So I I don't know. You know, I don't know what their answer is, and I don't know who the backups are in there. Well, hold on. Yeah. Trust go Google, right? Google knows who the backup quarterback is. Let's find out. For the uh, Jake, Vikings, Jake, Jake Browning, Kyle Stolter, and Sean Mannion. Now, wow. I've heard, I've heard of Jake Brown. I've at least heard of him. Now, you know. It, it, but this is not like this guy is someone to write home to mama about. I mean, all I know is he played. I just remember he was a pretty good quarterback. I think it was Washington State or Washington. It was one of those Washington court, uh, teams. Let me see. Which one is he at? He was at Washington. So it was a, at least I'm somewhat close anyway. But I've heard of him. Um, but the other mm-hmm. two, 
Kyle Salter. I, I mean, I don't know. That name sounds familiar, but but again, I mean, I don't. I, Jake, the guy hasn't seen. The guy has not seen the regular season at a quarterback on the NFL level. Um, so, I mean, Minnesota. If you do lose Kirk Cousins, I mean, he. You just write in the ticket and just be done for the season. I mean, and that's how desperate some of these teams are not looking at their football teams and knowing, because, you know, I don't know how, how you can feel confident of going Jake Browning as your backup quarterback. How, I, yeah, outside of the fact of that, I mean, the guy hasn't done anything as far as he was undrafted, so it wasn't like he was, you know, a guy that was in the top ten of, of quarterbacks to try to get um, but Minnesota will never be in that position because they're always like in the middle of the pack, so they're not going to be able to get that big name draft pick. They're, they're usually either high, or, I mean, they're, they're usually low on the draft pick or right in the middle, so they're not going to get the big names if they need them. So, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but the, I mean, they don't they don't really have the money to do it now. I mean, to, the, the exactly. Vikings are one of those teams, Sonny, who are like right at the max of their salary cap. You know, they don't really have a lot of room to play with because well and that's uh, they because went, of, I think and I that's think, because of that signing just, of Kirk Cousins. Well well not just that one, but they just re signed Adam Thielen too. Adam Thielen got paid good point. Hey he got yeah. Yeah he got pretty big. I think Diggs uh recently got a contract too so They've invested a lot of money into what they what they're doing offensively. Um, yeah, they did. But uh, I think I think it's going to come at the uh, at, at the expense of someone on defense. And I think we talked about this before. I think the guy that we counted out as the guy that they can you know kind of expense uh, or dispose of is Harrison Smith. So yeah, I think that's the guy that Good we point. talked about. You know, saying that yep. and if they're going to let somebody go, that's going to be the guy. Because last time I checked, safeties don't win championships, Sonny. So linebackers no, you're, you're, play a huge part. Yep. A guy like an Anthony yep. Barr, you don't let that guy go. I don't care what you say. You don't let Anthony Barr walk away, man. Like that, oh, that's, that's the I, difference I agree with maker. You 100%. Difference maker. You're absolutely right. Lot, lots so, of, I mean, know, but you see what linebackers. Do. I mean, they've, they've balled out in Super Bowls in recent memory. I mean, Dante Hightower, you know, getting the big sacks against Matt Ryan two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Finishing What's off the that Patriots do that stop that? Stop the Patriots do? Yeah. Stop that? Exactly. And, and, and then not to mention what Von – I mean, Von Miller was the MVP in 2016 yep. when Denver beat Carolina. So – yeah, linebackers are a big deal. Uh, safety's yep. not as much. Uh, I mean, safeties are important, you know. I mean, they kind of set the tone in the secondary sometimes. But I think, I think if you have a, a, an average safety uh, group, I think you'll be okay. But uh, you, you definitely gotcha. need star linebackers on a defense. Definitely. you got to have those names. Those are the ones that are going to bring home the trophy, or at least – have a big big hand in on whether or not you're going to bring home, you know, Lombardi's trophy or not. So that's, that's a good one. All right, here's what we're going to do, Cuervo. 
I, we actually rolled over and didn't even realize because we just get going. That's what the NFL does to us. Uh, so we rolled over into the third hour. We're going to take our third hour break. When we come back, we'll talk more NFL, more sports uh, going on out in the news. We'll talk about all that here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Again, it's that being said. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors, plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. 
Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Man is Works Radio. We'll be bringing back in Cuervo. He had to hop off there for a moment. He may or may not be back. It just all depends on what that situation on why he hopped off uh, is going on. Welcome back into the show. Again, our 10th season, our 21st episode. Again, folks, look out for Rowland Eagles Varsity Football. Going to be kicking off soon. We'll be having a preseason show like we have done for the last two years. We decided to start doing that, so myself and the Eagle Eye, Bill Cerna, will take a look at what is going on with the Rowlett Eagles as they move into their 2019-2020 season. And then also, don't forget about Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball. We'll start kicking that off so Sonny can get his basketball cadence down In December, we'll be putting on at least a couple of games in December before we officially kick off Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball in January at the beginning of the year, like we always do. So look out for the extra plays and look out for the extra, um, you know, uh, radio broadcasts for commercials for our sponsors. Again, we're going to have a couple of new sponsors making their way in this year. I've spoken to a lot of people that definitely are interested in. Guys, we're we're getting 11,000 people listening to the games just right here in the Rowlett area. And, guys, understanding the – actual, you know, you know, population of Rowlett. We're getting about one in every seven to eight people listening to Rowlett Eagles varsity football. It's amazing. And, and, and I will tell you, when the, we first started doing that, we never thought that we would get to that area. Um, 
it was never something that was I I don't think as far as when I started taking the step out to do Raleigh Eagles varsity football they ever expected. So we are definitely happy that we got what's going on. Again, we are returning for our eighth season of calling Raleigh Eagles varsity football, our ninth season calling basketball. It's it's been crazy. So uh, enjoy that with us as we move forward into the new season for Rowlett Eagles uh, Sports. You can catch all the games on www.thecouchpotato.wixsite.com forward slash Rowlett Eagles Sports. So don't forget two S's, Sports, Rowlett Eagles S, and then Sports. So look out for that. So you can check it out. You can always uh, message me as well as far as uh, getting information and things of that sort. And, uh, again, guys, we don't interview coaches. We don't interview players because we at this show, okay, realize what is important for those young men and what's important for those young men to go out and do what they do, which is play football and not have to worry about, you know, making time for me to do it. The only one I will interview is head coach of the basketball team, Jason Bush. Um, I love talking with Jason Bush, you know, being alone. He's got one of the best lines that I ever, you know, grew up with as far as basketball is concerned, you know, being lonely at the strike, you know, taking many hours of just shooting free throws after free throws after free throws after free throws. Um, and plus he gives us a lot of insight on uh, high school sports, whether it be football or basketball. Obviously his expertise is basketball. So we look forward to this next season with them as well. Uh, we'll be bringing on the head coach of the basketball team a couple times in the season uh, to find out what's going on, what he thinks is going on with his football or his basketball team. So we look forward to that. Uh, Rowlett Eagles in the news again. Of course, we're talking about Jeffrey Carroll uh, getting that uh, contract extension into his next year. Um, he will get the contract that if he doesn't make the squad, he will be going to back to the G League. But guys, this is a guy that will be in a Laker uniform at some point during the season uh, for the Lakers. I promise you that this guy's got the goods. Um, now, granted, he may have a little rough and tumble to make the adjustment from the D-League to the NBA, but he will be an asset for the Lakers. So um, I'll tell the big dog, if he's listening, watch out for uh, Jeffrey Carroll. Good stuff for him. I'm so excited about that whole situation. That uh, contract signing happened yesterday. Uh, that's why I posted it up on my Facebook page. So I got my eyes and ears open for my Rowlett Eagles varsity football players and basketball players across the country. Um, of course, uh, Charles Amenahu signs with the Houston Texans out of the draft in the fifth round uh, during the draft shows. Uh, Charles Amenahu, of course, played for the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team as uh, he uh, went to Texas and played for the Longhorns uh, before he was drafted right there uh, to Houston. So he's going to help that defensive. I mean, Houston's defense is already good. At Charles Amenahu, that can get into the backfield of very very quickly, that, that could be so, that could that could spell some problems for a lot of uh, uh, offenses out on the football field. So that having been said, 
we take a look at some of the things that have happened. Nick Bosa, okay, has not signed his rookie contract yet, okay? And that hasn't been said. It's because of the injury problem. Uh, it's a grade A one hamstring sprain that signed him part of the OTAs uh, for the 49ers. So you take a look at that, you know, those two teams over there, whether it's the, you know, Los Angeles Chargers and or the uh, 49ers themselves are definitely looking at the Bosa brothers, I mean, and what they can and cannot do. But this was a great pickup for the 49ers. I really think they needed that kind of thing. Now, I I don't think that we're going to see the Bosa you know, really jump out, you know, in his rookie season. I think he'll have to have time to learn the speed and everything, and then he might hit a stride around the seventh game of the season, and he's going to be a valuable asset for the 49ers. But let's be honest. I mean, the 49ers need him to be great immediately uh, because, you know, they are playing in the NFC West. And, listen, you, you, you have the Rams to deal with, and you still have Seattle to deal with. I just don't know what we're going to get with Arizona. So I will look that over to give you my look. So obviously we're going to be doing the AFC East first and the NFC East first. Then second, we're going to do the AFC and NFC North. And then third, we're going to do the AFC and NFC South. And then fourth, we will do the AFC and NFC West. So we got some time to get there. When you look at the 49ers, okay, and you you see what they have been doing to make some moves. Obviously, the Jimmy Garoppolo move was a very good move for them because they needed the stability at the quarterback. And you got, I mean, listen, Jimmy G has proven enough to where he got that money. Good, better, and different, he got the money. The injury really didn't help. But we're going to be looking at a guy, I think, that could lead his football team. More so, the 49ers needed help on the defensive side of the ball. Now, granted, they need some wide receivers, and we'll talk about that when we go over that team. But they need they need some stuff. But defensively, that was a huge move for them. And getting the proven model that is Bosa, whether it be over in L.A. for the uh, for the Chargers or him coming out of college. So I'm very interested in seeing what they can do, Nick Bosa. Obviously, for the 49ers, he's out of Ohio State. So when you look at the, these kind of things and what's going to end up happening, remember um, at the picket number two, that's where they ended up getting, and the Cardinals did not, you know, didn't jump at him as well. So, you know, and listen, the Cardinals, I mean, the Cardinals could have used this dude. Let's be honest. So. By the way, there has been some news that are out in the in the in NFL, and we're going to talk a little bit about them because, again, I don't know if we're going to get Cuervo back. If we get him back, that'd be wonderful. But if we don't, we need to continue on with some of the things that are happening in the NBA, uh, NFL. And, again, it's just because that's what we do best here up on this show. So that being said, let's head into the next portion of what I had on my list. This one is this one's big. Thomas Davis, okay, in – January 2007 or 18, okay, was eyeing one more season 
and a retirement as a Panther. But that having been said, that's not going to happen for him, uh, at least immediately. Will he retire? Will he not? That's going to be the big question. Okay. You got a four-game P- four PED suspension, and you could say whatever you want, but this guy is a key role and a veteran linebacker and decided to come back for his 15th season. Now, he's got the two-year deal from the Chargers for $10.5 million. Has the retirement plans came back in, and will he get the money back? So, you know, 36 years old. So, you put $10.5 million, $5.25 million each season for this guy. They didn't spend a lot of money for the veteran, but they got him because of the fact that he was a veteran. Okay. He was actually projected to be the starter for the Chargers, and after seven years of the Davis-Luke uh, Keekly partnership, the Panthers moved on to Shaq Thompson. Okay? So, and that was key as far as the Panthers were concerned for Luke uh, Keekly. So, Thomas announcing in January that the Panthers were moving on. He goes ahead and signs with the Chargers. So, and he did, and when he chose that, he did it fairly quickly in reality because he says that it's about the talents on the team, obviously, being one Phillip Rivers, but I don't know how much I believe that because, you know, obviously those are two different sides of the football. Him being on the defensive side and, and Phillip Rivers being the offensive side. So he goes cross country as well. So you take a look at that. But when you look at the pan, uh, the the uh, Chargers, they went 12 and four last season. Okay, their first double digit win season since 2009. And say whatever you want about it, as far as the it, it, this is a very very well balanced roster. And when they went ahead and put Davis on that's why they made him even better. So watch out for that. So Los Angeles now has opted to to fortify and improve the linebacker corpse by bringing in Davis and re-signing Desmond uh, Denzel Perriman in the offseason. And they also drafted two backers, uh, uh, Tranquil out of Notre Dame and then out of Houston they got I, I, I don't want to kill the guy's name but a badass a certified badass by the way so 5. Uh, 5.25 million for two years but his base salary spikes from a 1.25 with the Panthers to 4.25 with the Chargers, so obviously getting, you know, paid, as we like to say in this show. So look out for that. It, that could definitely help that whole situation over there. So 
I don't know if that's going to be good, bad, or indifferent for him, but some other news that's out there, and we're going to head on over to Denver. And since we head to Denver, we've got to talk about Jake Butts because, say whatever, he went under ACL and a meniscus tear. The tight end, Jake Butts, is already eyeing the return to the football field. And that can only be great stuff for the Broncos if they can get this guy back into the lineup. Remember, they definitely improved at the quarterback position with Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco loves his tight end. But Butts says he is almost ready to rock and roll. So, out of Michigan, don't forget about that. That's the reason why I bring him up. All right, ACL, um, his senior year, came into the 2018 100% ready to go. And then um, the first three games, eight receptions, 85 yards, but then he tore the ACL again. So, you know, some guys you kind of wonder, are they the kind of guy that is going to be a guy that continually ends up on the IR or on the injured list? And if you're the Broncos, I don't think you can afford that kind of stuff. So look out for that. David Harris in the second round, the Jets selected back in 2007 and lands with the Patriots. Big surprise. But there's some some news that really kind of we hear stories about guys after they leave the NFL and they don't, I guess, oh, what do you say, realize what real life's all about. Uh, because they have been, you know, really, you know, kind of protected throughout their career. And you get that. And all you got to do is take a look at some of the big names in the NFL. And I will tell you straight out that those players that have problems usually have it with the police because they're not in the limelight anymore. And the, the, the whole thinking is, do you know who I am, goes out the window, especially what if What we're have dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. And Trevor Boykin understands that because he was arrested Remember, this guy was the former uh, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. So I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity to – they were kind of slim to make it back anyway, but now he takes a detour on that as he was arrested on Friday night and charged with aggravated assault, and that was back from an incident that happened earlier in this – back in 2018. So the Seahawks will actually release Boykin in March following the accusations of domestic abuse uh, from his girlfriend, if you remember that. And, you know, he says that's just untrue, blah, blah, blah. But subsequently, he has been arrested. Charges of aggravated assault, serious bodily injury, and guess what? It's a domestic abuse situation. So, 
again, the NFL and the players have got yet another situation where they cannot get out of the way. And actually, when you were thinking about it, and reports were coming out that he was going to play in the XFL under Vince McMahon's XFL that's supposed to kick off here. Now, whether or not that he would actually land that position or be able to get the opportunity to 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 you know get people to look at him again, that's what the XFL will be. Uh, what the other league couldn't be, and Boykin, you know, arrested, boom, ready ready to go, and now his situation with the Vince McMahon thing going on is in jeopardy because McMahon has stated at the beginning of this whole thing that he wasn't going to get guys that are in trouble with the law. Well, Boykin, one, Travon Boykin, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, has got a lot of work to do or to try to figure out where he's going to be for the next portion of his career because I don't think we're going to see him back in the NFL. Um, so his only shot was that XFL. So it just depends on how much that Vince McMahon's going to hold true to the word. I mean, because he doesn't do it for his, his wrestlers. Let's be honest. All you got to do is look at the Uso brothers and, you know, you know, the drinking and driving, getting problems with cops and stuff like that, that they have under, you know, the um, influence of alcohol will tell you a lot. But that being said, let's bring him back on. Just see him there. How you doing, Cuervo? Welcome back. I appreciate that, Sam. I am back. Back. Boykin, you, do you remember him? Played quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I, I mean, granted, he was nothing to write home to mama about, but he was an option, same type of quarterback uh, in reality that really, you know, it, when you looked at, you know, Wilson and what he is, Boykin kind of fit that bill, kind of the same – same build and obviously not the same talent, but at least the same type of talent in reality, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Uh, but he's gone. Uh, so that whole situation in Seattle, uh, we're going to talk about that. Obviously, we're going to be talking about him and the, the NFC West in about six weeks, five or six weeks once we get to the West. Um, but um, Boykin wasn't going to be part of that team anyway. He was going to go to the XFL. Um, but the problem is, and, and we've talked about it on this show, is, is that the NFL, a good percentage of the NFL players have a problem with domestic abuse. Um, and we hear about it all the time. And, uh, and, and these are the kind of things that, you know, certain players just can't get over, and Boykin's going to fall prey to that because he's not that guy that you have to have on your football team, Cuervo. I mean, if this guy was a vital, you know, addition to your team that makes them that much better, then, yeah, maybe they can live around that. But he's just not, and that's obvious. Yeah, and um, and just to be clear, we're talking about Trevin or Trevon Boykin. He used to – I drafted, he was a horn frog, right? TCU yes, horn frog. Yeah, yes, I remember him. Yeah, everybody thought he was the the next big thing in the NFL. Very similar That's to what we're saying got about up under the illusion that a running quarterback is going to be the future of the NFL, and yeah, we are already seeing slowly that's going away. Yeah, that sounds really familiar, <clears throat> Kyler Murray. <laughs> but uh, I mean. 
sounds like he's gotten himself into some trouble. I have not heard this news actually. So, uh, yeah, you're it, as it you're talking about it. I'm learning. on domestic abuse things, so it, it, it's just yeah. you know. So they're just finally moving on it. Why they're why they're taking so long to move on it is really. Um, really I think. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with the Russell Wilson situation, knowing exactly where he stood and if he was going to stay in Seattle. And I'm not saying that Trevon Boykin was going to be the answer in Seattle, but of course he was not. going to be yeah. he was going to be an option. Uh, you got I mean, you got to have a quarterback, right? I mean, you can't you can't go out on the field with no quarterback, so you got to put somebody yeah. out there. And Boykin might have been the guy if they couldn't get the Russell Wilson deal done. Well. I mean, obviously they locked Wilson up, and uh, now that's why Boykin's going bye-bye. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't think he played very much last year anyway, uh, so you you had that as well. So, um, right. But yeah, you, you got to get out of your own way in the NFL, and um, and usually guys like Boykin that get in trouble for this kind of thing is the guy that you don't hear from anymore. So. We might be done hearing from him. Now, that being said, Cuervo, going from that situation, let's head on over to Cleveland because, you know, there's a guy that just won't keep his mouth shut. I guess I'm talking about Odell Beckham Jr., okay? You know, you know sure. the, the situation, uh, quote-unquote, in New York was not working anymore. And, and Cuervo, we kind of touched on this show, show about it. Again, I'm not a Odell Beckham fan. I mean, every time that guy's mouth is moving, I wish someone would stuck a, you know, stuff a sock in his mouth so we don't have to hear him talk. Because we could, we, we could sit there and talk about what he talks about, but we can also talk about what he does bring to the picture out on the football field, which is talent. But he's basically sure. coming out and saying, it, it, if it's not working anymore, that means there's a relationship problem between your quarterback and – your wide receiver, and who called this not last year but two years ago, but Sonny Clark up on this show. Because of the simple fact of the matter is, one of the things that we've talked about on this show is Eli Manning could not hit anybody in stride to save his life. And that is the reason why Odell Beckham has to make these outstanding catches. A lot of them happen in the training camp when they don't matter and everybody makes a big deal about it. But take away from that, we still have the same situation is is that he's not delivering the ball, um, and we have seen the decline in Eli Manning for the last six year, or five years. Okay, you, you can sit there and say whatever you want about and how great he is, and whether or not you're happy he's going to be back in 2018 or 19, which is. Let's see. I feel bad for, for that you do as the Giants can't do anything, go out get what Eli Manning is based upon his quarterback coach in college. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that Odell Beckham got out of there because whether it's Eli being able to deliver the ball or having a rookie go in there and try to deliver him the ball, he wasn't going to get the ball and it wasn't going to be enough for him. So he had to get out of there. So the whole thing is actually a great workout for Odell Beckham. 
just for the opportunity for the potential of what's going to be happening up in Cleveland, when we already know, when you look at the AFC East, the Giants quite possibly will be on the bottom of that division. We'll talk about that next week. But Odell Beckham has the opportunity to to bring forth a guy, and that obviously being the quarterback, and, and I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's because I know too much about the guy Cuervo, but this guy's not setting a, a not necessarily a good example, but more than the fact that this guy does not seem to be on the same page of his new team already. And if you got a guy like Baker Mayfield, who is let's be honest, I mean he's he's the next big thing out of Cleveland ever. I mean how I can't even besides LeBron. I, besides LeBron James, Baker Mayfield's the biggest thing to come out of Cleveland. So mm-hmm. you got that guy. Don't you think that you would warm up next to him? And by all evidence, at least so far early in this quote-unquote relationship, we're not seeing what you would think that a guy that would be happy to be on a different team would be. I, we're just hearing this. It's, it's almost like the same old, same old with Odell Beckham Jr., but a different football team. And to me, that doesn't spell success. In fact, we should be hearing completely and utterly the opposite and how great of friends these guys are and how much they look forward to the next season. But all the things I read, Cuervo, is I, I haven't even heard them even t- hardly talk about each other in reality. Now, granted, I know it's early and it's in these training camps and everything else, but well, I didn't think you could shut Odell Beckham Jr. up if he got off the Giants. But yet again, um, we can't shut him up, but it's not, it's – not that he's looking forward to his new team. Um, so what exactly did he say? I'm still trying to figure out where, where the problem is. Well, he, he was saying, he was saying, and this happened just yesterday. Okay, he, he, mm-hmm. or the, where the article comes out, he says that uh, the Giants' fit wasn't working anymore, which you know I called two years ago. So, and again, well, that's that Odell Beckham Jr. is not a Giant. Never completely shocked me, but the problem I got with Odell Beckham Jr. is the fact that there does not seem any like there's really any real love for him to be in Cleveland. And with a you know a guy, listen, that has all the potential in the world if he's got the right you know the right weapons. And you can say whatever you want about Odell Beckham Jr. The guy's a right weapon. It's just whether or not it will be utilized the right way. Fair point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess I get your point. You know, I, you gotta, you gotta just move on. You know, what I mean, you, you got traded away what three months ago. Um, you gotta leave the past, past, man. Like that, that's the mistake that a lot of guys fall into. They fall into that trap of, you know, they keep talking about and reminding themselves of the past, and they're not moving forward like you are not a new york giant anymore odell that's just i'm not saying pretend like it never happened but like dude you are you need to focus on your current teammates stop talking about the past like to me that's a sign of immaturity and i've never i've never said odell was the most mature guy i love his that's talent true. more than anything about him that i mean i i will always i will be an odell like junior fan until uh, you know, he's not producing like he normally does. 
uh, because I absolutely love the talent on the field. I just don't like the drama that he puts on himself off field. Absolutely. That is a huge, that is a huge negative for me. And he has to learn how to let that go, man. Like just let it go. You're not a giant anymore. Nobody, it, it shouldn't even matter what Saquon Barkley thinks or what anybody else thinks on that giant team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Let them, let them talk with them to talk. The more they talk about you, the more it shows, damn, we're going to miss that guy. Absolutely. To me, that's, that's how I see it. That's how I see it. Yeah. The more and, they and, talk about and, Odell in a negative or positive manner, it, it just shows that they're still thinking about Odell, and they're thinking, damn, well, I, I wish we had that guy on this team still. Yeah, and and even to a point, Cuervo, this was the quote that he came out, and it just has me shaking my head. So I'm doing the the S, uh, I'm doing the SMH here, okay? You know, shaking my head. Comes out, this is what he quoted the saying. So I, I'll read this one. It says, I think allowing me to be in an environment where I can be myself and give it a different approach I feel like my football will benefit. I'm just excited to be – I'm just excited about being able to play football again and not having to deal with the other stuff and the politics that came with my previous role. Cuervo, listen, the, the, you know, when I read this and, and I get the understanding, first of all, I don't want Odell Beckham Jr. to be himself. Okay, you know, because whenever he does that, he gives off the wall and he starts whining. And, and within that statement that he gives, where is the love that he has for his new quarterback? And that's what my question is. I mean, we can sit here and talk about paper all day long. We are. We're talking actually about the Cleveland Browns being a liable or a viable uh, team in the AFC North that, that maybe make a playoff spot. But yet, the, I mean, how about the excitement about playing with Travis Landry and and you know his old boy, uh, you know buddy at LSU, which by the way we got to talk about. Um, but th- th- there's there's not. I mean, exactly, Cuervo. This guy is hanging on to the past, and he has got to look forward to the future. I mean, come on. There's an eighty song what he should be doing. His future is so bright. He's gonna have to wear shades. That's because of the talent that's around him. Because listen. You put too much attention on Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry will have a heyday. So you, you got that whole situation going for him. They are not, he's not moving forward. It could be the thing that slows them down. It's one of my worries as far as maybe me wanting to pick the Cleveland Browns not to be at the bottom of this division or not. Um, that will be one of the biggest portions of it, though, Cuervo. But when you look at what's going on as far as the teams that they came from, that being Landry and also Odell Beckham Jr., LSU is in the news for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, the kids, you know, I'm not sure how far they're going to go back upon this as far as the investigation, but one of the biggest portions of this investigation that's happening over at LSU is a big-time payment that was given to who? A player's parents 
So, you know, and I was over on Weigh-In Sports Talk's page. Every football team does this. You can't convince me any differently. Obviously, how much they can give to someone is definitely a question. But if I'm not mistaken, it was a $1.5 million payment that was made to the parents of a player gotten from a uh, uh, from a booster. So, Cuervo, you know, we still have that whole situation of going in, you know, you know, how the college football and the rules and whether guys should be paid, whether they not, will come in stemmed up and everything else. And, and it, you know, I, I, I guess I just don't understand how people cannot look at college football and realize it's not about the freaking education, okay? It's never been about that or they wouldn't have a reality show called Second Chance University in order for someone to get over there. It's about football and being paid. So the fact that this is going on, especially at LSU, regardless who is the coach, you can go back and look at the story coaches that have been there. Okay, it doesn't matter because this goes on in every college as far as that level of football, and obviously that's, you know, the top of the line. You know, it, 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 you, you just got to be completely and utterly naive if you don't think this is not happening at Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, or any other big-name college like uh, Michigan or, or, or Notre Dame or, you know, any of them, Cuervo. And, and everything I'm reading, Cuervo, is shocked that this is happening. I mean, how naive do you have to be? Or how many articles do you have to read about the same situation happening over and over and over, year after year after year, to realize that everybody's doing it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good point, Tony. Um, it's just all about when, not if, but when you get caught. Because everybody what? gets caught. Uh, you know, sometimes it's at convenient times. Sometimes it just kind of happens out of the blue, but, uh, but, you know, as far as the LSU situation, look, I mean, are we really surprised by this? And it's pretty I'm sad not. that most of us aren't. And it's not because, you know, it's, oh, it's LSU or it's, oh, it's, it's the SEC. No, it's just because we hear so many stories about this. Yep. Now it has become, uh, I, I, I don't want to say the norm, but it has become a normal thing where, you know, teams are, are getting caught doing these type of things. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just gotten to that point, like I said, where it's just, it has become the normal news where teams are, you know, getting caught with their pants down yep. because they're, you know, they're paying your players or their parents, whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's, it's always the big schools. It's the big schools that are getting caught. It's the big schools that are getting looked at. And, you know, you would think with all the teams that have been getting caught in the past, you would think these other teams would either stop what they're doing or, let's be honest, they'd be, do a better job at hiding it. And neither Absolutely. one of those things have happened. So, well, they don't you know, feel like that has to square vote. At this point, Sonny, if you get caught, that's your fault. Okay, because yeah. you know. Stupid. Yeah, because, you know, t- 
teams, these universities should know by now that they're being looked at. You know, it doesn't matter if you've been caught before. You're LSU, dude. Like, you are a premier powerhouse SEC school. Like, you should already know that the spotlight, whether you know it or not, or whether it's, you know, it's actively happening, people are watching from a distance. And if you can't recognize that, then, I mean, can't, nobody, nobody's going to be able to help you. You can only help yourself it, it just, in those situations. It, it, just, it just puts college football in, in, a, in a, so. a bad light, big-time bad light. You know, college football has its own problems. You know, from with, you know, for, from this kind of thing Good. or anything else. So, yeah, you, you, you talk you talk about programs and things like that. Listen, do I think Alabama is doing exactly what they're doing? Hell yeah! But again, Alabama might be hiding it is better than anybody else to where they're not getting caught. What do they say? It's not cheating unless you get caught. Same thing here. Same thinking here. No one's going to make mention of anything until you're going to get caught. Now, how long is that? this school is going to be up under probation and not be eligible for bowls and all that other stuff is going to come into play here, Cuervo. And I'm very interested in seeing where this is going to go because if they are going to move forward and stop this kind of thing, they have to start right here. They got to get, and as much as I hate to say it, cause I'm kind of like, I kind of like LSU. Um, uh, they got to make an example of someone and realize and let everybody know the next next teams that do it might even get worse for you. And that's the problem. That's what's always been the problem with the NCAA. If they were going to take the rules and take it, it as far as the big violations, come down with an iron fist more so than just patting them on the behind and say, please don't do this again, crap. It's not like they're bringing in bagels from Einstein Bagel Company and giving it to these guys. We're talking millions and millions of dollars being distributed, you know, amongst, you know, whether it be a team, a player's family or whatever the case may be. So I just, you know, maybe it's me, and, and I guess I just use too much logic. But that is I've, I've been accused of. But when you got a guy that walks out of poverty, has got two nickels to rub together, and then all of a sudden is driving a Dodge Charger, isn't the first question you're going to ask is how did he get it? I mean, and, and, oh Lord forbid, Lord forbid we have enough audacity to ask. Um, but when you come out of high school with no no money, no nickels, no nothing. And then you're driving a brand new George, a $35,000 vehicle? Come on. I mean, come on. Some of the things that you're going to be able to be slapped in the face on, and, and you got to be able or have enough guts or balls to ask or say, listen, how did this happen? And that is the problem that's going on, you know? And, and listen, we can go back to six, seven years ago on this show where I accused straight out Des Bryant. Of and his agents of payout, and yeah, I mean the guy didn't have two nickels to rub together, and all of a sudden he's wearing a five million dollar earring. Okay, where did Des Bryant get a five million dollar earring unless someone gave it to him in a booster or got illegally? Because I'm sure that there has not been enough money in order for him to buy it again. So, so some of the, the obvious things that the NCAA won't look at. And then they get 
ridiculed for the small stuff like the Einstein bagels and stuff like that instead of really putting it on the programs and hitting them home. And if they don't do this here, Cuervo, I think they're making a big mistake and taking an opportunity to say, if it's really important, to say, this is not going to happen anymore. you got to stop it. And I think I just lost him. I hope I don't lose Cuervo. I hope he calls back in because I just lost him. And if he goes past the three-hour spot, I'm not going to be able to get him back. So, But that is one thing. Look out for that. These are the things that, that, that the NCAA has to talk about. And when they don't talk about it, they don't take it by the balls and knock it down and stop it. So when you don't stop it, you can expect it to happen again, and you can expect it to happen at other big-name colleges, and it's going to come out that way. Straight out, without question. And if you don't believe that, then you're living in your own fairy tale world because that is the obvious thing that this is. The NCAA just has to have enough have enough stones to stand up and say, listen, we're not going to allow this. We're not going to do it anymore. So if we can get that done, wonderful. And this is the opportunity. But they're not going to get it done. They're going to drop the ball. You watch. After all this investigation and everything else, listen, listen they got a $1.5 million money trail, okay? So, you know, that one slaps you in the face. It's not like it's like, you know, you know, five or six thousand dollar money trail. We're talking about one point five million. So and that money trail is the biggest conviction of evidence that's that they're gonna have to deal with. And that's the problem. Will they be able to do anything about it? I don't know. I doubt it. But that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. They got to be able to show themselves. And if they don't, you know, the, the NCAA will drop the ball and look like a bunch of idiots that they already are. But that's our three hour clock here on the Council Table Sports Show. You've been listening to that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition continues into the 10th year, our 21st episode. Join us next week as we start. Here on the Council the Sports Show, and that's the Sports Man of Sports Radio. I'm out of here. I have a good day. Cuervo will see you next week. Bye bye.